2: is up folks happy happy tuesday one and all hope you're all doing great rob ellis tone to shields my man tone what's going on how you doing i'm doing all right man
3: i feel great this morning went out got some sun a little bit before we started the show and uh you know i feel good man i smell good took my vitamins you know got my thoughts down you know <laughs> planned out my week in my planner man i feel good
2: good good i'm glad to hear it uh what's up Teresa? what's up jimmy it's joe ho uh i'm awake are you uh tamu Uh, Twiz, William, Jason, Thaddeus, Rob from Temple, Richie, ARS, Brandon Moore. Let's see who else we have. Uh, South Jersey D, James Autumn, uh, Chuck, Ken. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, All right, so let's hit a couple things here. Let's do it. Tone, we know that the Eagles will be playing on Friday, September 6th. Yes, you heard me right. When you hear Friday at first, you're saying, Friday? What? Yes, there will be an NFL game on Friday. The Eagles will be playing, to be determined, that always tough TBD. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Uh, September 6th, which is a Friday, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. They will be playing in Brazil for the first time uh, in their club history. So, interesting. It's considered one of their home games. They get nine this year. So, they will play eight in Philadelphia. One in Brazil tone. Um, I want to start to, I want to gauge everybody first. You pe- folks want to jump in, tell me how you feel about this and tell us how you feel about it. But I, I'll, I'll I'll bounce it off you because I had, and I don't, I I'll, I want to hear you first, but I had one immediate reaction when I saw this news last night. But tell me how you feel about it.
3: For me, the first thing I thought to myself was, what time do I have to watch the game? <laughs> you know, what's the time zone difference? That's what I thought about. Now, obviously, if they're doing this on a Friday, I would I would like to think that they thought this time zone thing out. Um, I don't know. Like, do you know? Are, are you aware of how the time zone works as far as what time we would have to watch? We we would be able to watch it. Versus well, I think when... it depends what
2: time the game starts. We don't exactly. Know
3: exactly. So I like, do. You, I'm, I'm trying to think.
2: Maybe they t- maybe they start the game. I want to say it's like six hours, but maybe they start the game at noon brazilian time and we get a 6 6 p.m on a friday or something like that or, or a one o'clock okay just a 7 p.m
3: so listen to this right now in sao paulo it's 105 p.m
2: oh okay so it's two hours
3: right so if the game so it's a two-hour difference well actually two-hour difference from you well it's it, actually for you it's a two-hour difference yeah. for you for me it'd be a three-hour difference so if they played the game at what
2: 12 o'clock i would have to watch it at 3 p.m Uh, it's a friday i'm guessing that game's played at night so if they played it eight o'clock uh nine o'clock start in brazil we get a seven o'clock kickoff mm. would be a would be a guess for me that's just a guess no
3: idea i i think i got that right i think yeah yeah you're right yeah you're right yeah if they played at nine over there It'd be a seven o'clock game for Eastern
2: time zone. Right. Yeah. yeah,
3: Seven for you. Six for me.
2: That would be a guess of mine. Um, You know, somewhere around there, I I think makes sense.
3: Yeah. Because they're three hours. They're three hours ahead of me. But overall, though, um, I'm I'm intrigued by it. You know, I'm not really a full transparency. I've never really been a fan of the international games, um, you know, for time purposes. Um, But I understand what the NFL is doing. You know, they're trying to increase their footprint on the planet. And Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Uh, We'll see how it works out, though. Um, It's going to be very different to see the Philadelphia Eagles playing in Brazil. Uh, But look, it gives the Philadelphia Eagles a chance to increase their footprint, you know, their fan base. But uh, you know, we'll see how it happens. I'm 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 pretty indifferent about it. How about you? All
2: right. So here was my first thought: the Eagles had so many night games, such a brutal schedule last year. And again, this is not why they collapsed. Before everybody starts saying that, I'm saying that I'm not blaming that on on what happened. But they had so many night games last year, so many later starts to their games. That I'm thinking, here we go again, a a 14-hour flight to Brazil. And I know it's played on a Friday. And I'm sure they'll fly back Saturday, you know, and you get an extra day's rest out of it. And I know it's the first game of the season, which lightens the load a little bit. But the last thing I want is this team having goofy travel conditions again. So I, I looked at it strictly from a football standpoint, not a global... Uh, you know, broadening the brand thing for the NFL. Uh, But I thought about it from an Eagles perspective where you're taking a really long flight to get there. I would imagine they probably spend a week there getting used to the conditions, but then you got to take a really long flight back. So even with the extra day or two, I don't know how much difference that makes. That was my first issue with this.
3: I'm trying to think. So I'm looking at the flight right now. I believe a flight to Sao Paulo, Brazil from my location. Is 15 hours and 30 minutes for
2: me. That, that's a murderous flight.
3: That's a murderous flight. I've never flown anywhere. Yeah, I've never, fl- I don't think I've ever flown anywhere that far before. We flew
2: to Ireland, which was a very long Actually,
3: flight. you know what? I'm trying to think. I flew from Philadelphia to Hawaii. I think that's.
2: What, what, what's I, that, about I, eight? I, I, I don't know. I can't
3: remember. But we was it was a pretty much a full day of traveling because we had a yeah. couple connecting flights. But yeah, it's just. I'm glad that it's first game of the year. Get it out the way. That's one thing I will say. Yeah. I'm glad that they get to get it out the way and they don't have to worry about any kind of wonky schedule, you know, on the back end because, you know, that that kind of game or that kind of schedule, you don't want that in between maybe a tough matchup. No, you don't. You want- don't.
2: You can, this is the only way you can do this is the opener. It's the only way with Brazil.
3: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's no way you would be able to do this in like week eight or week six. it It'd be, It'd be chaos. It'd be chaos. Yeah, but overall, so, you know, um, it's
2: pretty cool. I don't. I, I, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna somewhat sound like the ugly American here. I don't really care about these European games. I don't. The, I, don't I told care. you, I, I don't care about them. At I, all. It does nothing. Like, I, I'm glad the NFL is gonna make even more money. God bless. You know what else is new? Um, right. And they're 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 looking to sell more. T- you know, Eagles jerseys in in Brazil. Right. It's not like they need it. Have but, at it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I, but I don't care about that. I care about how it affects the football team that I. You know, follow,
3: and right.
2: I just hope that we're not in this same cycle where, you know, this yeah, this game, the Eagles have all these night games, all these goofy turnaround games. I mean, hell, they even got a playoff game at night on Monday night.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah, they were they were the they, they were the finale on wildcard weekend, and uh, it was a grand finale, all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm I don't really care about the international games in in, in any shape, way, or form. Uh, those are for the NFL. Those aren't for the players. Those aren't for the fan. Uh, maybe for the international fans, you know. But overall, I'm indifferent about this whole thing, man. I'm just, I, I'm just glad that it's the first week of the season, not the fourth or the seventh or whatever may have you. I'm just, I'm just glad they get to get it out of the way. Um, I can figure out my life in week one, and after that, I can go back to business as usual.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I look at it. I'm looking at it from a football perspective, and and, and to me, I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays. It's a, the, the place holds like 49,000 where they're going to play. We don't know the opponent yet. Here's what we know. The Eagles' home games this year are designated as Dallas, New York, and Washington, the usuals. Then it's Cleveland, Atlanta, Carolina, Jacksonville, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh. Now, you can exclude Jacksonville and Carolina because they're already playing a game in Europe, so that takes them – out of the fray because you, you, you can't have multiple games unless it's staying in the same, like Jacksonville sometimes does two straight weeks in, in London or whatever. Yeah.
3: Jacksonville played London twice last year. Yeah. So
2: that, but, but either, either way you can't get either one of those two teams. You can't get Carolina or Jacksonville in Brazil. Right. I don't think they're going to go with a division game in Brazil. That's just my take on this thing. Okay. Mm. So I'm guessing we're, we're staring at either Cleveland, Atlanta, green Bay, or Pittsburgh. That would be my guess.
3: Who's the bigger brand
2: to you of that group, Pittsburgh, it Pittsburgh, might be Pittsburgh. The, the biggest brand, not, it's not necessarily the biggest market, but it's the biggest brand with success over the years in the NFL, mm. but do they want to take away the Pennsylvania, you know, interstate rivalry? Oh,
3: thing? that's a good not point. The, that's a good you point. Know, I don't, people, I don't, people, people travel for those games. That's a good yeah, point. I, I'm just so trying maybe, to think out loud, you know? No, no, no. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. They may want to keep that in PA. That's very, that's I a very think Atlanta,
2: for whatever reason it might be Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta feels like it's possible. Yeah. It could be Atlanta. Could be possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I it's it, look, is it an interesting twist? Yeah. Sure. Does it does it show you that the Eagles brand is a big brand because they play the amount of night games and they put and now they want to they want to showcase them in Brazil? Yes. So yeah. if you're an Eagles fan, I guess you're happy about that. I I just don't want it to be something where you're playing catch up week two, week three, because you're a little bit tired from week one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's mm-hmm. all.
3: Yeah. You know, like I said, i I'd rather them get it out of the way now. i roll yeah. with that.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Elsewhere. So they had the media day slash night uh, last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the way, yes, please hit the like button if you could. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for,
3: for sure. We appreciate you guys for locking in. Smash appreciate. that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed uh, to the channel, man. We appreciate all the love you guys provide. It means a lot to us.
2: Yeah. Um, no doubt. And, uh, so Travis Kelsey was a big attraction as you would expect he would, he would be. And the, the subject of his brother, Jason came up and this is when we got word that the game, the Eagles were playing in Brazil and somebody posed the question to him. Hey, what do you think about, do do you think your, your brother trap, your brother, Jason will be playing a game in Brazil next year? Quote, I think so. And then that was clever. Whoever, whoever posed that question was clever. I know, right? G- great job out of somebody. But then I then you saw the wheels start to spin a little bit for Travis, and then he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a betting man. I think he has a lot of football left in him if he wants. So he, spun, he moonwalked out of that pretty quick. But you his try. initial – you know what it is, though, Tone. Your initial response, your gut, before you really have time to process everything, was I think so. Feel more and more like he's coming back for one. Day.
3: I know something you don't know, and yeah. I got something to tell you. That's yep. exactly what that was. And guess what, man? I I, I said I said it before. I think I, I had this inkling that Kelsey is going to come back. You know, we talked about this offline, and you know, Jason Kelsey to me from a distance. I don't know the man personally. Never met him before. Would love to one day. But overall, he strikes me as the kind of person who handles work life balance very well he has the podcast obviously he's become more than just a football player i mean what center in football history has the notoriety of like the, the, you know that he's accumulated over the past um handful of years yep um and it all started with that you know uh, you know with that uh mummer's uniform super bowl <laughs> speech that's what that's when it started yeah and he's been you know skyrocketing ever since then but again just based off of how he carries himself based off the little things i see he strikes me as someone who balances the work and the life very well he he appears to have the utmost support from his family you know the parents his wife um his little girls are very young still so they're at that stage where they're kind of just they're they they enjoy seeing daddy on the tv oh where's daddy you know it's fun for them yeah. um you know they enjoy going to these events and even seeing him at the pro bowl move around He's enjoying the atmosphere. You know, he's enjoying the camaraderie, you know, with his peers. And I just don't see him being at a point quite yet where he's ready to give that up. Right. Um, again, he has a lot going for him right now with the podcast, the branding, so on and so forth. You know, he has commercials left and right. I think I I, I, think, I think, him a lot. And, and Fletcher Cox got a tied commercial. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, But he, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's quite done yet. Just not just not quite. Yeah. And, and let's just take it a step further, Rob. Let's talk about the obvious. This man is at the top of his craft, at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. Is he really ready to give that up? It'd be different if he, you know, just like everybody else, fell off a cliff on the back end. Yeah. Nah, Kelsey was the best center in football, you know, according to uh the according to the Associated Press, first team all pro. Right. I don't think he's ready to give that up quite yet, man.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, and of course you don't want to see this, but it- if the guy was broken down and you could see his hobbling right. injuries can't. left and right, a, then and then your decision becomes that much easier, right? It, it, it is. It's more challenging. You're playing it here. I think there's two factors tone. He's playing at the top of his game store or or darn close to it. And I can't imagine that this guy didn't hate the way that that ended last year. It was everything. He doesn't stand for
3: mm, to, the to effort, lay down. everything, the effort, yeah. the, the mentality. It, it was, it was completely contrary to how, it was contrary to what he believes Philadelphia Eagles football should represent.
2: Right, and then the other thing, and, and I think Chuck brings up an interesting point here. Um, without a hometown discount, the Eagles just can't uh, can't afford Kelsey. Hope he comes back at the right price. I would be, I think he made about fourteen this year. I would be curious. That's a good point. Yeah, I would be curious what number he's looking for. So if you, uh, I don't know, if he was willing to take a little bit of a hit. That could go a long way too. I don't know. I don't know. He may look at it like, dude, if I put my body through this at 35, 36 years old, I'm I, I want to be compensated. I don't know. And I don't fault him. I don't I don't get on NFL players at all under any circumstance for wanting to be paid for the torture they put themselves through physically. So I don't, yeah. I don't this would not I would knock Jason if he wanted the same pay or more. But anyway, that is also going to be a consideration, too, I think. Because yeah, they team, paid
3: him, you were right, 14 million. Well, 14.25 to be exact. Um, looking at his contract situation, they have a lot of money um deferred out, so he's gonna still get paid from his team for quite sure. some time. Sure. Um, so that's
2: a factor. There's no doubt that's a factor. yeah. I just, you know,
3: is it really about that begs the question, right? Is it about the money at this point for him? Right. I don't believe that. You know, again, everybody wants to be compensated fairly. I'm not mm-hmm. denying that. But he he doesn't strike at this point, right, with everything going for him. I don't think I don't think that's the number one deciding factor. Will they pay me accordingly? I think they're going to pay him fairly if he decides to come back. I think the Eagles are going to make if he's I'll put it this way. If he decides he wants to come back, the Eagles are going to move mountains to make sure that contract makes sense. I agree. It's just that I simple.
2: Agree. I agree. Yep. I, I do. And that I here's my my guess also. We we certainly he doesn't want to take any shine off of Travis or the Super Bowl in any way, shape, or form. My guess is we'll find out next week or the following because he doesn't, he also doesn't want to drag the Eagles out with this where they can't make plans, you know, accordingly. So we're going to know. I would, here's my guess. What are we at, February 6th? Mm -hmm. By the 20th, we know we have an answer, would be my guess, one way Hmm. or the
3: other. That's pretty reasonable because I would like to think he would tell them before the combine
2: absolutely absolutely so all right so that's when they he told them last year he had howie on on the on the new heights podcast and made the announcement so i think we'll know by then um all right now the the third tier to you know sort of the the, the big story um joel Embiid had his surgery today tone um he'll be reevaluated in four weeks so he had surgery on the meniscus we know he had the 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 flap issue <laughs> whatever uh he had that trimmed and the, the oh, so he that, didn't
3: get the full, he, you know, because remember when Keith talked about it yesterday, it was two ways to go about it. And so he took the the shorter recovery time rather than the full. Well, that's
2: what they're saying four weeks. So I don't know. I know this. It's a second surgery on that knee. You know, th- so I, I know there are a lot of people that are very optimistically looking at this and saying he's coming back, man, four weeks, blah, blah, blah. That's four weeks they're going to reevaluate.
3: It. Yeah, yeah, that one's going. To, they're going to reevaluate, it. then at that point we'll get a, a stronger timetable when he'll return.
2: Right. So we we don't know what this is, and 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 look, I'm I'm guessing it doesn't seem like it was a super long procedure, which I would lend to, th- and again, I'm totally speculating here, would lend to think that there wasn't, you know, they didn't open up his knee and it was a disaster area. So I mean, I hopefully this is something you get corrected, you get him back at some point this season. But I know a lot of people who think. He could be done for the year, you know, and does this leg, can his leg hold up? I don't know. It's, it's a really good question. If you watch them and I watched them last night and to their credit, they played pretty good for a while against the Mavs in the first half. They really held Luca and Kyrie Irving in check for about a half. Here's, here's the problem tone. And we're going to talk to David Murphy columnist from the Inquirer, at 1130 about a bunch of different things, including this, but what you're starting to see now and, and, especially because they were still without Batum and Melton. They're running two and three guys at maxi. Like at the top of the key, they're just running dudes. So so is he crosses half court? So is he crosses
3: half court? They're right at him.
2: Right. So it is, it's very hard for him to do anything. And they just don't have scoring options. You know, and and when, you know, we know what Tobias is, but there isn't much else. So it is going to be difficult unless they bring in another scorer by Thursday, which is when the trade deadline is, um, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for them. But you, know what what
3: they're, you know what they're—you know what they're going to need potentially, and this not even—I'm not even talking about the trade deadline. I mean, I mean as far as their approach turn these games, um, I think throughout some of those games they're going to have to find a way to put the ball in someone else's hands so they can push it, and then play him off Ma- the ball. Max is going to have to get creative off ball,
2: yeah,
3: and, you know, and, and, and force and force the opponent to make decisions. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be an every possession thing, but I think Nick Nurse is going to. I, Nick Nurse seems like a guy who adapts well to his situation, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we start seeing situations where whenever Melton comes back, you see him pushing, and then, you know, Maxi, you know, comes off ball, makes his move or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just try to put a different type of stress on the, you know, on the defense. But overall, without without John Lee B, this team is a shell of itself. You know, no matter how great Tyrese Maxi is, no matter how many fifty-point, forty-point games, thirty-five-point games he drops, um, it can only do but so much. You know, he can't drop fifty every night. It's just not feasible. Um, Can't drop forty every night. Not feasible. Um, Thirty, okay, but he's he's still, in my opinion, I think Maxi is still learning how to be a dominant player and impose his will. But overall, this team was designed around Joel Embiid, and when you're missing your largest puzzle piece, uh, it's likely to be incomplete.
2: Yeah, and and the the problem that it's not it's a problem when you have a ma- an injury to one of the, the two major pieces. Right. This team was built with role players around those guys who know what their jobs are. They're going to set screens. They're going to do dirt. I don't mean Tobias. Tobias has got to score a little bit, but most of the other guys have to set screens, play defense, do dirty work, make the right pass, do all those kind of things. Yeah. Losing one of those two guys, it's deadly. I it mean, changed everything. Yeah, everything changes. And now everybody's jot. Like you're getting guys playing minutes who aren't used to playing these kind of minutes. You got guys who you're asking to score who aren't accustomed to scoring like this, you know, and and everything is a trickle down effect, um, which you see it, man. And, and, you know, you saw it last night. The dam broke in the second half and they couldn't do anything. So look, you know, hey, look Tobias Harris,
3: I understand he's not um, like the main scorer, but look. This is what you get paid for. This is at the end of the day, it's basketball, bro. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris has to become a legitimate threat so they don't crash on Maxi. It's just that simple. Tobias Harris has to has to help Tyrese Maxi. He can't just keep being a passive player. It's it until further notice. Tobias Harris needs to carry himself like a legitimate number two or a legitimate scoring threat. Be a, every time you get the ball, look to score. Every time. You know what I mean? If you if you got the if you got the uh, mismatch, attack, mm-hmm. get to the free throw line, mm-hmm. make them make them respect you, so you can take some pressure off of Maxi. Otherwise, Maxi's he's not going to be able to really get anything done efficiently or effectively if they're crashing him.
2: Um. All right. So let, let's circle back. I want everybody to jump in there uh, in the chat as well. Um, does it bring any added excitement level for you? That the Eagles are playing a game in Brazil, and again, I, I know I'm sure I come off like the small minded American here. I get it; it doesn't do anything for me, frankly. Do I think some of the scenics will be cool? Yes. Do I think it'll be cool for people um, to be able to travel to the game, uh, who are fans? Yeah, of course. That'll be a trip you'll never forget, right? I I, I love all that. If you could, if you could afford it, great. So I I think from all those standpoints, I get it. It's cool. It's different. It's, you're not hopping on a train and going to Washington. Understood. But I'm just telling you, as someone who won't be traveling to the game, who will be here, I just, I again, I, I was hoping this year, because they had a bit of a down year, we'd avoid the night, 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 weekend. Blah, 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 blah. I know they're going to get their fair share. It's it's Jalen Hurts, it's the Eagles, et cetera. But you know, here, I feel like here we go again with this Brazil game. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm glad it's the first game of the year. That offsets it a little bit um but i do, it doesn't move the needle for me at all
3: i'm i'm totally with you i couldn't agree with you more it's just another business proposition for the nfl really that's how i look at it yeah you know it's it's okay and and, and here's another thing too right we live in a generation where we it or time where it's everything is bombarded with information and we're supposed to care about everything right, <laughs> right. and The fact of the matter is we don't have to care about everything. And when it comes to this Brazil game with the Philadelphia Eagles and whoever they play, I genuinely don't care about it. You know, like you, it's, I don't, I may come off as the snobby American, you know, but Hey man, it's, first of all, you're fucking up my time, (laughs) you know, playing, you know, playing, you know, in a different time zone like that. It's a Friday. You know what I mean? It's, It's just weird, but it is what it is. You know, it's the, you know, it's par for the course for the NFL. This is what they do. But overall, I'm indifferent.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, me too. I mean, that's a good way to explain it. Like just as far as the league making more money, pageantry, whatever, whatever we're calling this, whatever, I don't care. I I frankly don't. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. So that's where I'm at, man. That
3: is, that's where I'm at. And that's the way the cookie
2: crumbles. And there's going to be more and more of it. Uh, Just get ready. And I think the other thing that they're setting themselves up for, at least for the first game of the year, at least, is a Friday game.
3: Oh, We're going to come out of the shoot. So you, think this was the, a, you think this is the, 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 the pilot project?
2: 100%. We are going to come out of the shoot eventually, and there's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night game, Sunday, Monday. The
3: NFL wants to dominate the weekend. Dominate yep. from The NFL can dominate Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Five days out of the week. That's
2: what they're going to do. That's insane. The, the only days you're not going to have action, at least that first week or Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. That's, that's insane. That's it. They're not going to care about college football. They're going to steamroll anything else in their way. We saw it this past year on Christmas. Like, it, its that's where it's headed. That's where it's headed. And also,
3: at. I would, you know, it also where it's headed, they're going to start having playoff games internationally. I wouldn't they be could. surprised. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. A playoff game internationally, I would not be surprised. The next thing you know, Lord knows when and if uh, international Super Bowl.
4: Yeah,
3: if they decide to do that, you know, maybe maybe that may be counterproductive for them. Who knows? But listen, if they if they're already take if they if they've already gone to these lengths, we can't put anything past them. You know, we're, we're, we're watching football games on Peacock now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're watching football oh, yeah. games on Amazon. Well, Roger Goodell football addressed games that yesterday on streaming services. So yeah. I'm telling you, we're trending to a pay per view Super Bowl.
2: I agree. Watch. With you. Oh, it's headed that way, for sure. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's sneak a quickie in, and we will come back, and we will talk to columnist from the Philadelphia Inquirer, David Murphy. We'll talk to him about Embiid. We'll talk to him about the Eagles, their offseason, what he thinks their priorities should be. Uh, we'll talk Phillies, pitchers, and catchers. Got a lot to do with David. And then after that, I'm going to measure the Eagles up with the NFC East. That's coaching, that's ownership, that's quarterback, that's GM, that's just overall team rankings, the whole nine. We'll do that at 12 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown, family-owned since 1985. You get Alex and his great crew in there each and every day putting out the best, most fresh food that you could possibly get. Bravo Pizza of Havertown offers 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, they have the specialized pizza. However you like it, they'll make it, but they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it across the board. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, or the proceeds. Go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I
5: remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a a memory that you'll never forget.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
1: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you.
2: We are back, Rob Ellis Tone Shield Sports Day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. So much going on. Uh that's why I want to have our next guest on because uh he's got great range, as they say, and we can talk about a number of different things. And he's an excellent columnist uh from the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow him at by BY David Murphy on Twitter, and of course check out his work at Inquirer.com. David, what's up, man? How are you?
3: What's up, Rob? What's up, Tony? It was going on. Like
0: you said, Rob,
2: he
3: has that Steph Curry range, right?
2: He does. He has parking lot range, as we like
3: to
2: say. He was firing takes off as soon as he got out of his car before he walked into his place. So it's all good, man. All right, Dave, so let's start with Embiid. Uh, Had the surgery today. Going to reevaluate in four weeks. Who knows ultimately what that means. You're reevaluating doesn't mean you're rehabbing and getting back and get ready to play. Best guess for you as to where this kind of goes, or can you have any kind of idea where this goes? Do you think we see him again this season?
0: I mean, I think, I think a lot probably depends on where, where things are at. Um, you know, this is just uh, with Embiid, it's, it's, it's impossible to know. I mean, you know, you, you guys have watched him these last six or seven years. We really have career, no idea what, yeah. what, what, whatever is going on with his, uh, you know, with his knee i mean it's funny that the meniscus was actually the, the injury that he suffered against the wizards um in that in that clincher i believe um and if you remember I, I mean there was you know at that point there was there was question about you know was he done you know was he gonna have to have surgery blah, blah 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 he comes out and scores 40 points and 39 points in games one and two so you know i don't know how much of 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 uh the timeline is kind of them you know, taking pressure off Embiid or, or protecting him, or, may, or maybe it is m- much more serious than anything he's ever he's ever suffered. If I had to guess, I mean, you know, I, I think they're probably hoping that he's back for the conference semifinals. You know, I mean, uh, but the way they've played without him, I I, I don't know that you're even going to get there. You know?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a get- conference semifinals even with him. <laughs> you know? Right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, it's it's that's the tough thing, Dave, because it's weird. In years past, they've been okay without him. Mm-hmm. They're horrendous. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just not
0: built this year um, at all uh, to, to win with him or without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they actually – their their net rating, their their points per hundred possession is, is, is not really all that much worse than it usually is without him in terms of on the bench versus on the court. But obviously in the games that he's missed, he's just – you know they don't. They don't have a true backup big man, is what it comes down to. You know, I mean, the defensive end. Is, is, he's such a big. I've always said it. I mean, that's defense is what makes him the MVP, and and he never really gets the credit for it because he's so big and he doesn't necessarily do anything. Uh, you know, he doesn't do any anything. Any, have many highlight worthy blocks or anything like that. But but he just changes the game on defense. And you know, trying to trying to ask Paul Reed and and Mo Obama to fill in for that just isn't isn't working.
3: Hmm. Yeah, David, you know, I asked, I asked Keith Pompey this yesterday um, and I want to ask you, how much of this injury um, do you place on um, the NBA, you know, employing that 65 game minimum for all these awards? You know, you seen a lot of these guys kind of push it because they want to be considered for, you know, all NBA, you know, all those things impact their pockets. So um, how much of an impact, how much of that do you place on of Joel B kind of going out there forcing it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, look, I. I know the NBA deserves, I I don't know if blame is the right word. This was an, this is an unintended consequence of Mm. uh, kind of the policy that they put in, which everyone was on board with and which made a lot of sense. But, you know, at the same time, you know, load management, isn't just guys kind of slacking off and and collecting a paycheck. I mean, they're the game and and look at a guy like Embiid seven foot two, you know, 275 pounds, whatever he is. there's never been a guy in the history of the NBA. I don't think who pounds his body like that, you know, just there's the amount of, I mean, Wilt was at least, you know, lithe and, and athlete, you know, Embiid is just, that's a lot of pounds going down on joints, you know, and he's got the same joints as you and I, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, same thing with Kawhi and his knee and, and who, who kind of originated load management back in the day, but it, they need it, you know, and like these guys, they know their bodies better than anybody. and, and, you know they're playing at these guys are pushing their bodies to a higher level than has ever been has ever happened before in the nba you can see it in the scoring you can see it in uh, i mean bigger fat stronger and that puts a lot more pressure on your body and i don't know that you can regulate um other than shortening the season i don't know that you can really regulate it without kind of putting force making guys choose between their health and and kind of their performance
2: yeah, no, it, it it certainly makes sense So with that said, Dave Maybe your point of view before Embiid gets hurt Versus now with the trade deadline On Thursday, if you're the Sixers Do you just sort of chalk it up to Look, if we hang around, we hang around We get him back for the playoffs, we make a run Or do you say, we got to get Maxi a little bit of help At least someone who can score a little bit Because, I mean, you saw it last night They're running two and three guys at him The second he crosses half court hmm. What? How do you approach this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to learn a lot about what the Sixers actually think about Embiid based on what they do over the next few days. I mean, uh, look, it, it makes absolutely zero sense to throw good money after bad and and wait, use any of your assets to to kind of be a better version of a team that's not going to win anything anyway, you know? Uh, now, if they think now, – now, look, there's three months until the conference semifinals, two months until the playoffs, and – uh, you know, we saw Darius Slay come back from a knee scope on his, uh, you know, some sort of meniscus procedure within, you know, five or six weeks. Mm. Look, every injury is different. Every body is different. Every knee, every knee is different. Um, so I'm not saying that Embiid could be back, you know, within a month or two. But I don't think anyone's ruled that out, um, you know, and there's a chance that, you know, he could be working his way back into game shape, you know, by the last week or two of the regular season and in that case yeah I mean you might want to think about um you know if you think he can if, if you think you're going to have the same team at some point in the playoffs that you had when you were kind of tearing up the NBA you know earlier this year with Embiid then yeah I mean I, I think you do go out there and try to
3: get Maxie a little bit of help speaking of Maxie uh David um you know he's a first time all-star he's this has pretty much been his breakout season he's um putting up crazy numbers at, you know at the guard position but you know, he plays so well off Joel B with Joel B being out now. You know, a lot of pressure now mounts, mounts on Tyrese Max. He sort of becomes their de facto leader from a talent perspective. Um, you know, speak on the the amount of pressure he's under to kind of help this Philadelphia 76ers team tread water and at least make the playoffs and give uh, Joel Embiid a fair shot of coming back.
0: You know, I mean, I, I, he might be under some pressure from some people, but you got to be realistic. Look, you know. Damian Lillard couldn't do it by himself in Portland, you know, um, you know, Steph Curry couldn't do it by himself, you know, when, it, when he lost that that season where everybody was hurt besides him, um, you, you know, it, it, you can't ask a guy like Maxi to, to carry your team to a, you know, top four seed in the playoffs. You could, you could hope that he can keep you, your head above water enough that you can make the playoffs, you know, um, uh, or at least avoid the, the playing, playing round. um, but, I mean, he's not Damian Lillard. You know, he's great. Um, you know, he's not Steph Curry. He's great. But those guys couldn't do it, you know. And and that's kind of the sporting cast he has. That's the thing. I mean, kind of the, the double-edged sword with a guy like Embiid is he's so good that – and he's so central and kind of singular and dominant that, you know, when you lose that guy, you know, your entire team just kind of falls apart because you can't replace that and, you know – any team you would build that could compete without them. You can't really build with him there. So, you know,
2: Dave, I want, like I said, I wanted to jump around a little bit. So, so let's go to the Eagles here. And I think when last we spoke to you, it was prior to the, uh, the Tampa game. So a lot's changed, obviously Nick's back, but the supporting cast around Nick has changed. Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. uh, of course, and Kellen Moore, et cetera. And, and more coaching hires. looks like Christian Parker is going to come here uh, to be a defensive coach as well. Um, uh, were you surprised he survived? Um, and what do you think about the moves that they've made subsequently with, with, specifically with coordinators?
0: I don't know if I can say I was surprised because look, the guy went to the super bowl. I mean, it would have been unprecedented for him to be, you know, fired. I mean, I know John Fox, I think got fired and, and Bill Callahan got fired a year after they went to the super bowl, but, um, or maybe it was Kubiak, whatever the case, you know, those are older guys, you know, not not guys who were in their first three years with the team and took them to the playoffs the first year and just as overachieved every step of the way, right up through really the last, you know, it was only really six or seven weeks. Uh so no, I, I can't say I was surprised, but at this on the flip side, it was you know, it was getting to a point where they almost would have had to fire him because you gotta change something and you gotta you can't just you know run it back after that you know everyone acknowledges how i i've never seen anything like it you know i mm-hmm. they just it was complete complete implosion just com- complete falling apart and um uh, you know they're kind of fortunate i guess that they had a couple of coordinators that they could they could show the door um but uh, you know yeah i was i was i was i was not surprised but i was very 50 50 i had no idea what they were going to do you know
3: you know, David. You know, bringing in Kellen Moore, a guy that they actually interviewed previously in 2021 for the head coaching job. You know, one. You know, one can surmise that. You know, how's that dynamic going to work between Nick Sirianni and Kellen, with Nick Sirianni clearly taking the, uh, uh, you know, a back seat when it comes to the yeah. direction of his offense. Um. You know, speak on. You know, your thoughts. You know, when it comes to just how they can or may coexist, knowing um that Nick Sirianni is kind of. He's, he's, he's kind of walking on unstable ground right now in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know, look, the fact is he's the head coach, you know, and uh, I mean, if if Howie Roseman's gonna be falling around telling him, you know, what he can decide and what he can't decide, then they got bigger problems than than you know they can solve right now. Um, I, I think I think a lot of this was was kind of them just kind of trying to get through the the end of the season aftermath and the press conference. And, but look, your head coach is your head coach. And if, if every play that's on the play sheet, you know, is going to be there because he okays it. And if he says he doesn't want to do something, then you don't do it, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really all that unprecedented what we're seeing. I mean, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, you know, all these guys kind of really, some of the most successful coaches there are, are kind of these, you know, no direct responsibilities in terms of play calling, but, you know, so much is done before the play actually gets called. Uh, I mean, Sirianni's going to be running the game plan meetings. He's going to be, you know, show, deciding what film to watch. He's going to be organizing everything. So I, I think he's going to be very involved. And, uh, you know, I think probably the best head coach coordinator relationships are, are, are kind of the same way and the same thing that they will aspire to where, yeah, it's Kellen Moore's, you know, it's Kellen Moore's baby. And, and that's his, you know, he's the mad scientist there, But but you're working with your head coach to kind of, um, uh, I mean, look, it's football run pass, you know, deep, short sidelines between the numbers. Like it's not, there's only so many decisions that you can make. And, and, you know, I think in the best organizations and in the best workflows, kind of, some of these decisions are obvious, especially if, if you've picked the right guys, the head coach, he's going to be doing a lot of stuff that you would do anyway, you know?
2: Yeah. Murph, uh, as far as Jalen kind of ties into all this, obviously, um, was his step back just a byproduct of the entire team going into the abyss or do you think there's, there's bigger issues there? How, how critical and how much of a job will it be to, to kind of get him back to 2022 status?
0: Look, man, I mean, Jalen Hurts has proven me wrong at every step of the way. So I can't even begin to guess. Uh, I mean, frankly, he, he's look he looked, um, you know, a little bit more like the guy I thought he was originally. Uh, but at the same time, He's a much better passer still than that guy ever was, um, and, and he still has that. The thing that, that kind of blows my mind and, and leaves me kind of guessing at, at what the future holds is, you know, I don't want to say slow, but kind of slow he, he looked, you know. I, I don't know if he was – there was something acute wrong with him. I don't know if it's – I mean, look, we saw it with Michael Vick. You know, we saw it with Donovan. We saw. I mean, Donovan was run, running for 13 yards a game by the end of his yeah. career, you know. Um, you, you just don't see Lamar, Lamar Jackson's kind of, kind of, you know, an odd bird that way, where you just don't see guys have a sustained rushing peak, um, you know, playmaking peak with their feet, um, very often. So, you know, question is, 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 was this a one-time thing? Is this, was he, was he dealing with stuff that he's going to get? Sorry. (laughs) Do you have somebody there to get it, Dave? yeah no we got a fence guy coming he, he must be a little early if you gotta but, uh, go go ahead man oh uh, no it's all good but yeah i mean he uh you know he I, I think that's a big question can he make plays with his feet like he used to can he can he stop on a dime can he can he you know get to the edge um i don't know and i, and I don't know if that's what def- because of what defenses were doing what what was wrong with his body uh that, that's a big question to me
3: and i couldn't even guess at it you know david um i'm glad we're here because you know Jalen Hurts and most notably Nick Sirianni, they got a lot of heat about how they responded to the blitz in 2023, and Jalen Hurts has been getting a lot of heat about that since he became a starter. It's kind of been his one Achilles' heel. Even in that Super Bowl year, um, they struggled. They had games in between the Cardinals game, um, that Colts game, where the offense seemed to really sputter. Um, you bring in a guy like Kellen Moore, who, you know, albeit has not worked with dual threat quarterbacks in his NFL career, but he has a strong Um, history of being successful against the Blitz. Um, How much of the onus has been put on Jalen Hurts now to come in well prepared, um, you know, to rectify uh, the demons that he's failed to slay in the first few years of his career when it comes to that Blitz?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's going to become Moore's number one thing is that, you know, we talk about a lot about play calling, but it's going to be about coaching up Hurts and getting him to see what what the coach sees out on their field and, and make the decisions that need to be made. I mean that was a big thing with Hertz this year. You know he was definitely it, it was a little slow in the up uptick at sometimes, and I think a lot of that comes down to what what coordinators were doing to confuse him. But um, yeah, I mean more that's going to be Moore's big thing is getting him, you know, getting him to recognize what he sees in front of him and and put the ball where it needs to go.
2: Dave, let me let me jump to Phillies because believe it or not, we are real close here to pitchers and catchers. Um, pretty quiet. Nola resigning certainly necessary but they didn't do a ton else. What would you have liked to have seen them do? Are you good with where they are? Um, How do you view their, their status here as we are about to enter the 24 season?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, look, I think it's going to come down to whether Boehm, Stott, Suarez, Kirkering, these homegrown guys, it's going to come down to whether they get better. And that it's kind of fun. You know, I mean, uh, you know, every season we've seen them go out and kind of dominate the free agent market, but now it's kind of time to, to see these guys step up and, um, Swares is another one. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think they're in a better spot than people think. Um, mm. because a lot of these guys that I just mentioned can still have a lot, a lot of room to improve Brandon Marsh. uh, you know, I think, uh, and, and Rojas. yeah.
3: So it's going to, I think I'm excited to see, see what happens. You know, David, you know, speaking of those guys, right. That you're, you know, that you're looking forward to stepping up, right. You know, and they're, they're literally running back with the same crew. I respect that as well. Um, and saying all that, by your estimation, how open is this proverbial World Series window when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies? Back-to-back seasons, they've come pretty close, uh, Game 6 um, in the World Series against the Houston Astros, and then uh, they lose losing a Game 7-2, in my opinion, um, an inferior um, Arizona Diamondbacks team. So um, how open is this window when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies?
0: I mean, I think it's wide open. I, obviously, it's it's look. It's tough to do anything, tw- two years in a row, let alone three. Um, tough enough to do it once, even. Uh, you know, you've got the Dodgers making some serious moves. The Cubs are improving. Um, the Braves just every year seem to reload and, and tweak a little bit. So, look, it it, it is a it, it's open, and it's it's probably this might be their their best chance. You know, we'll look back ten years from now, and, and these three, four, or five years are, are going to be their best chance. So, yeah, I would say wide open.
2: I gotta I gotta swing it back to the Eagles uh, for a second here. Uh, Tony, you want to follow up? Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking about something. Um, you know, you you kind of said something with the Eagles about you know overachieving in the Nick Sirianni era. I I I'd never really given them much thought up until now, right? Year one, they're coming off with a four eleven and one season. No one thought they would make the playoffs. Everybody thought it'd be a, a figured out year. They make it. They make it in as a seven seed. Um, then the following year, no one thought they would make it to the Super Bowl. People would just, would think they would just build off of the previous season. Yet they make it there um and then the phillies you know that that year when they made it to the world series i don't think we thought that far ahead and then um now the expectation changed in in, in, you know years later i guess you know do philadelphia fans have to kind of put things in perspective when it comes to where the eagles and phillies are in particular because again both of those teams have kind of exceeded our expectations over the past few years consistently yeah i mean yeah i I I think the fan base – I mean, explain how you mean. So, I mean, Eagles fans, we know how hard they can be, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about that, sometimes we can look at this team and say, no, they should be here. They should be there. And, when you you know, when you mentioned the fact that they've kind of overachieved, it's like, wow, I I guess you're probably right. Maybe we need to be more patient with what they're building here. Yeah. I I mean, the Eagles thing is just so –
0: tough to wrap your head around because of how good they were before it all can kind of fell apart. Uh, Look, I I'm with you where I think that I think what I would say is I think the NFL is a lot more situational um, and kind of week to week than people give it credit for. Mm. And a lot of what we saw, you know, two years ago was them just running roughshod over, over just a brutal schedule. I mean, you know, Ben DiNucci, like some of these quarterbacks that they're playing, you know, aren't, aren't even in the league anymore.
2: Names we'll never remember again.
0: Uh, yeah. So, so like, like I, I always think about like, what if this, you know, what if, uh, you know, what if, what if the last six weeks of the season happened in the first six weeks and then they responded with the way they played the first 11 weeks? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like it. it, it it just looks bad because it all got kind of lumped up together, and right. you know everyone's kind of looking for a magic bullet as to what happened. And uh, you know, there, I, I think there's no one thing wrong. I think when when things go that wrong, everything's wrong. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there were, they could have beat the Cardinals. They could have beat the Seahawks. They they you know it 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 easily could have gone, you know, a completely different way. Um, and the fact that that they lost. They lost, a couple of the, they, they lost a couple of those games that they should have lost earlier in the season, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much of it was kind of just kind of luck catching up to them, them never being that good to begin with, combined with. Uh, I don't know. So, yes, I think patience – I don't know the patience is the right word because there's really no patience in, in the NFL. I mean, you sure. can, you know, you can flip the switch in, in, in a year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think maybe like a little more perspective in terms of the context of, of how the NFL works, you know
2: okay speaking of the nfl uh we didn't hit you with the uh the the brazilian game friday september 6th uh we don't know the opponent yet uh first time the eagles will play there what are your thoughts just just sort of general of the eagles playing there nfl expanding more and more uh where this thing's headed ultimately what do you think
0: uh i mean i think it's brilliant on the nfl's part i mean there's 30 million people out there you know it, it even if you get 10 percent of them or 5 percent of them that's that's a healthy uh healthy addition to your fan base um i i think it's exciting i think i hope i can go you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> how does that work do, do you have you already put in like hey you know i'm around no nah,
0: well pretty much sealski and marcus get whatever they want and then i uh
2: <laughs> you get the leftovers the, I scraps. the scraps yeah <laughs> i i can appreciate that uh all right david we appreciate it go deal with your fence guy get that right. taken care okay. of man but thanks, David. For we
3: appreciate minutes. you, sir. Thank you. All right. I'll send you guys a picture of it. There you All, go. Right.
0: All right. So good. Hey, David. Yeah. Thanks,
2: man. That's David yep. Murphy. Uh, check him out again uh, on Twitter at by David Murphy and, of course, uh, inquire.com. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it, Tone. I guess, and I, I, I'm going back to the Sixers here for a minute with the way we opened it up. Right. I was always in favor of not taking on some giant salary. I like the flexibility that this offseason has for them. Where basically you're going to be bringing back, you know, you're going to have to resign Maxi, but you're going to have Bead Maxi. I think Springer's back, but everything else you have such free reign, it's wide open cap space picks. You know, I know it's not the greatest message to your fans if you don't make a major move here between now and Thursday, because we all see where this is headed without and They're going to get their butts kicked most nights, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll kind of take the hit for this year, man, and, and try yeah. and be a real player next year. It's funny you
3: say that at this point because I've been thinking about it myself and I'm thinking, you know, I'd much rather have it built right than built quickly. And when's the last time the Philadelphia 76ers have had this amount of flexibility?
2: Not for a while, not since the beginning of the process.
3: Exactly. So I didn't get
2: right, you know.
3: Exactly. So I would hate for them to make a knee jerk reaction and make this big splash over the trade deadline. And, you know, like, you know, like David said, I mean, what are you going to do? Be a little bit better than what you already are. And right. you're still not going to win anything. So the goal is to win the championship. The goal is not just to make it past, the, not just to make it past the second round. So whatever moves you do make, they have to be, um, you know, in reverence to that, right. Winning a championship. And as of right now, um, I want Joel b to be fully healthy. Yep. You know, I don't want him to come back and he's 60, 70%. He's pushing it and he's re things. And look, Tyrese Max, he's going to come up as well. So right now you're two pillars in your franchise are Maxine and Embiid. the way Max is playing and the way Embiid has and playing up uh, is playing. I can't see where um guys wouldn't want to come play with these guys. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. So uh, I think I'm with, you. I think I'm beginning to lean with you that look, this season was fun while it lasted, but overall I think there's a bigger goal in mind, a bigger picture that we have to be willing to be patient and let develop.
2: Yeah. And I think the other part is, and, and there's no way to predict this. I'm just saying it's a possibility you know, let's say in four weeks from now, they look at the knee and they're like, okay, you know, we like the healing and and let's start the rehab process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Say that takes him two or three weeks. So we're about seven weeks out, which gets you towards maybe the last two weeks of the regular season approximately. Mm-hmm. That's a, a decent little ramp up for him to get his conditioning back. Right. And get us, get his just feel again for the game. They get a feel for playing with him again. And yeah, you're going to be a low seed. You're going to be like an eight, but you could really go in there and maybe shock some people. In, yeah. in postseason time I, I, again a lot of things would have to break the right way for that to happen but it it does kind of feel like that
3: yeah definitely yeah um i think at this rate um they may be a seventh seed maybe a six at this rate um but overall i don't think this is the season where we say yeah they have a chance to win it all this isn't that year
2: yeah all right Let, let's get a quickie in let's come back and we're going to measure the eagles up with their division foes we're gonna look at the cowboys washington and the giants with the eagles i started doing this yesterday and and you know just i I, trying to figure out segments for what we're going to do and it started to become pretty apparent something started to become pretty apparent to me i'll just leave it at that so let's do that when we come back don't go anywhere that's tone i'm rob we are sports take all right let's talk about jim murray and principal financial group because knowing who to trust With your finances can be a very scary proposition i'm right there in the front of the line but i could tell you from personal experience that jim murray and principal financial group are people that i trust implicitly whether that's retirement planning 401k review insurance review you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground that's another resource that jim can help you with i've entrusted my iras my 401k rollovers with jim and i couldn't be any happier you will be too give him a call 610 996 or you could email him murray m u r r a y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com
8: A professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutton Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
7: Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently.
5: Go first!
7: Go confidently towards your goals with first trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds.
8: Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money a single game by going 5 for 5. It's a fantasy game and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com when you sign up use the promo code WIN and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com use the promo code WIN win
10: L.E.S. Eagles.
2: We're back. We are at Sports Day. Tone Rob hanging with you on this Tuesday. All right, Tone. So let's uh, let's stay on the Eagles theme here. So they're hiring, according to multiple reports, Christian Parker uh, as a defensive coach. He was the defensive backs coach last year, or last couple of years in Denver, and his timeline overlaps with Vic Fangio when he was the head coach there. So these guys go back. Um so he's bringing yet another uh guy that he has some familiarity with, which is the natural progression in this league. You bring in guys you're comfortable mm-hmm. with and you've worked with before, and you believe in. So Christian Parker comes here. He comes with a, with a pretty good reputation as a as a defensive backs coach. Um so another another guy added to the do unit you, there.
3: Do you have a, um a time um line of his um experience as far as uh, how long he's been doing what he's been doing? Yes, Uh,
2: coached uh, a decent amount in college also. Um, Here we go. All right. So he, his timeline is such that he's 32 years old, spent the last three years in Denver. 2021 was with Mangio before with the, being with the Broncos, he coached with the Packers to start his NFL career before that Texas A&M, Notre Dame, William and Mary, Norfolk state and Virginia state. So, um, he's been around a bunch when he was there he had some uh, there meaning denver he had patrick Sertain the second as you know one of the premier corners in the league justin simmons uh, as a safety Bring and uh, yeah they they were number 3 in scoring defense in 2021 number 8 in yards allowed last season the broncos were a mess we know that they were 29th uh in in uh in defense so that he's brought over clint hurt as a defensive line coach, he's brought over Parker, and he's brought over Joe Casper right now. They thought they had Carl Scott. Carl Scott is staying in Seattle. That's so what we know Joe,
3: right now. so Joe Casper is the safeties coach?
2: Yes. Well, no, then, we don't know what Parker's title is yet.
3: Okay, see, that's so what I was trying to get to. Every,
2: Yeah, I don't think they've – I think they know, but they haven't announced it publicly, what exactly the positions for each of these guys will be.
3: But Other than Clint of-
2: Hurt, we know he's the line.
3: Right. But based off his history, he's worked with DBs. He's so. in
2: some way, shape, or form going to be coaching the defensive backfield.
3: Right. Uh, right. And Casper, same thing. He worked with DBs in Miami. So,
2: yeah. I would guess we, Parker's safeties. And, we may be, I'm sorry. We may Parker's, a, yeah. Parker's DB corners and, and, and Casper's safeties. Yeah. Funny. We
3: might see a separation of powers. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the Eagles have had DB coaching. That's that. TK um, McDonald was their right and then our wilson so we we may see a separation of powers right now have a guy focus on the safeties and then a guy focus on the corners maybe they felt maybe the eagles looked at it like um look we have one guy trying to coach you know this entire group let's try to cut down the workload and and try to you know increase focus and then at that point maybe we can get um a stronger um cycle of development because guys are focusing on particular Position groups like safety corn rather than just the entire backfield.
2: Here's the way I view it, Tone. You know, one, one of the appeals to uh, certain schools or certain approaches is, you know, they, they always tell you they give you the student to teacher ratio, right? And the less students to, to teacher ratio, the better, right? Mm-hmm, Which means more yes. individual instruction. So if you're giving me a guy who's strictly going to try to t- try to improve Brad, uh, 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 Blankenship or he's going to try to improve Sidney Brown great let him focus on the safeties and if you want to throw parker you know trying to get slay maintain him to where he is i i saw that philly 07 hopefully bradbury get back to all pro level i i don't know i wouldn't lay that on any any coach i don't know that he's he's got the capabilities but but you're talking about some real young guys in ringo and ricks and job that man let's coach them up you know how good they can be Yeah, yeah exactly
3: I hear you on that. I totally hear you. Um, those guys can definitely use it, um, but it's always, but it, all those guys are definitely going to have the opportunity to coach them up and I'm sure they will provide some kind of benefit, but ultimately it's definitely going to come down to these guys putting the working in the off season, you know, working on the fundamentals, making sure they're loose, making sure um, the confidence is still there and coming in hungry and, and looking at it like, look, you know, this Eagles DB room, especially the corners, they're getting older. We have, you know, guys like Kelly Rango, Josh, Jobe, Eli Ricks, all those guys if I were them, I would look at it as an opportunity to be the heir apparent, Mm -hmm. you know, they need to look at it like that. And maybe they can be, you know, this is the, this is a league where you have to find a way to not only balance your salary cap, but try to get the most out of guys that maybe you didn't draft as high or maybe you didn't draft at all. This league is made up more of undrafted and guys drafted in the later rounds than first round picks. So guys, um, team teams are definitely trying to you know, potentially find starters, even if they're a sixth, seventh round, undrafted guy. If you can find a starter in Kili Ringo, if you can find a starter in Eli Ricks, and that's a that's a big if, you know, you're already ahead of the curve when it comes to contract negotiations and decision making. And you're not gonna have to go out in a free agency and have to overpay or reach for a guy. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Right. I mean I think the other critical thing is it, it is not out of the question that they use their first round pick on a corner. I don't. I don't think it is. Um,
3: I'll, I'll, so I'll, 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 that guy Kool Aid is a
2: uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, the great. Yeah. The, the name itself, I, you know. I mean, it's just Kool Aid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. You can't. You just see it already. He's busting through like a brick wall, like the old. <laughs> do you guys? Do you remember that? Is, is yes. That, yeah, no, yeah. No. 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 Kool Aid no, no, no. Man tr- trucking no, through those walls. Yeah. Man,
3: I, I. I grew I, up off Kool Aid. I haven't had okay. Kool Aid in years.
2: Me either. It's been a long time. Like, oh, I'm 29.
3: I don't think I've had Kool Aid in nearly 10 years
2: yeah man eh, i hear you um but so anyway i i, I think that that's going to be such a, a a hypercritical position of focus that you know you better bring in good guys and i and, and if Fangio trusts these guys from working with them before you know it's a good sign there's continuity there he knows how they work they know how he works and and you know parker had success when he had talent and certain and yeah. look some of this is you have to have great players patrick sartan's a great player
3: Great, but, player, yeah. got great players,
2: you know, all in all, I, I, they have to improve the overall talent of this defensive backfield
3: for sure. Yeah, and, and real quick, you know, um, I think yesterday, the day before, um, we had uh, coach Dave Weinstead on the national football show. Um, his track record is solidified Super Bowl, um, champion defensive coordinator, yep. all that kind of stuff. He's solidified, um, national champion in college. He's he, he's got the resume. He spoke on Big Fangio, um, because they have a relationship, and he was saying, Look. That guy, Vic Fangio, the Eagles got a good one. And when it comes to Vic and always standing ahead of the curve and always trying to reinvent himself and being a no-nonsense guy, trust me, he won't be the reason why that Eagles defense doesn't measure up. Gotcha. And when I hear that, I'm like, all right, that's what I like to hear. I I much rather have a guy, no-nonsense, that gets the best out of me than someone who's constantly trying to be my friend.
2: Yeah, it's true. And I, I saw a bunch of guys at the Pro Bowl this weekend who who were really singing a different tune than what we heard with some of these Miami players. Um, guys who were with him in Chicago, guys who were with him at, at, at his various other stops were like, who were Pro Bowlers were singing his praises for for whatever. They were. Well, here's the thing, Rob. Real
3: quick, that Miami team, in my humble opinion, how much credence can we give their word? Let's be frank about this. The big, the two biggest knocks on that team. Was they can't beat good teams, and that they're soft. Lo and behold, you hear guys crying and moaning about Vic Fangio not being a nice guy, and you know he didn't really fit in. And you know, I even hear that Vic Fangio even had a hard time assimilating to that Miami soft life culture.
2: You know, yeah, he's from he's just, yeah, he, he's cut out for like cold. Yeah,
3: he's <laughs> from PA. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, just
2: just think about where he's coached: Chicago, yeah, Denver. Denver. Here, you know
3: yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, that's. Yeah. That Miami lifestyle is not even in his DNA, so maybe there's something to it as far as just him not fitting into that culture. But overall, when it comes to a guy coaching you hard and demand and being demanding, come on, man, I ain't trying to hear none of that.
2: Well, and the think, other thing, I is, think Eagles need that
3: kind of vibe anyway.
2: I was just gonna say that this is part of what also the, the culture shift. Sirianni leans to. I'm not saying he doesn't hold guys accountable, but he I, I, can be I,
3: too buddy buddy to be sometimes.
2: Yeah, and he may be too friendly. I, I think you need a bad cop in the room. You know, and I think Vic Fangio is not afraid to be a bad cop. So that's, that's fine by me. We, I, here's what I know. Last year didn't work. So wow, yeah, let's just say here, that. Last year
3: didn't work. So whatever, okay. flip it on its head. I'm
2: cool let's with that. try something else. <laughs> right. That's all. Just don't try, keep, keep doing the same thing and you're going to get the same results. So try something else. All right. Um, I started looking at the NFC East because I'm trying to measure up the Eagles, at least with the, in the closest proximity that we have. And I went through, I, I did five categories here. Coaching. Quarterback, overall team ranking, owner, and GM, and I—I I tried to stack up where the Eagles fall with the Cowboys, with the Commanders, with the Giants. Okay, so that this is not the entire NFC. It's not the NFL. This is just NFC East. All mm-hmm. right, all right. So let, let's just let's begin there. We're talking about Sirianni. Let's start with the coaches. If you had to rank them, okay, of the four, Nick Sirianni. Uh, Brian Dayball, who's still there, Dan Quinn, who takes over in Washington, and Mike McCarthy, who's still in Dallas. Okay. Those four. How would you rank them, one through four? You
3: know, this is a tricky um, proposition because that begs the question how are we gauging them, right? Are we just gauging them? Because obviously the Giants don't have talent. And we know, Br- and we know Brian Dayball is a good coach. He was able to coach that team up to a playoff berth, and we saw what he's able to do with Josh Allen. Um, and then when we look at Dan Quinn, um, he did make it to a Super Bowl, didn't win it, but overall, his time in Atlanta was um,
2: pretty successful. Yeah,
3: you know, it. I'm I'm willing to argue, you know, ups downs, some some mediocre years, but overall, some people felt like that he underachieved there. Um, and then Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl champion with Green Bay, um, had a spectacular season last year, and you know, coaching up Dak Prescott, bringing out the best in him. They got. They got trounced in that playoff game like the Eagles did against the Buccaneers. Um, I feel like all these coaches in the NFC East have something to prove and um, in some way or form um, aren't really seen um, in the light that they probably should be seen. If I had to rank them, though, I think I'm putting Mike McCarthy one. Uh, Dayball two, Sirianni three.
2: Wow.
3: Um, Dan Quinn four.
2: Dayball reason, ahead
3: it. Of- and the reason I put Dayball ahead of Ooh, Sirianni oof. is because I saw what he was able to do with nothing, nothing, and somehow, someway they made it to a playoff berth and stole a playoff game on the road. I saw that happen that kid that goes a long way with me um you know sirianni although the defensive roster wasn't the best that offense still had some heavy hitters on it and yes they made it to a 10-1 and record but i don't i think there's no excuse for that offense to become as flaccid as they became you know what i mean
2: great word by the way
3: so that is that 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 is heavy to me i understand Nick here made it to a super bowl i understand that i totally understand that but this is a what have you done for me lately kind of league and nick sirianni took a major hit with me um with how that happened um i put mike mccarthy ahead of all of them because he has the super bowl um i felt like he coached his ass off this year and uh dan quinn i feel like he just has to prove it with me so um, exactly. yeah, I got the, I think I got mm-hmm. McCarthy one, Dayball two. And also I see I see how Dayball worked with Josh Allen, how he handles quarterbacks as well. So Dayball two, Sirianni three, Dan Quinn four. And l- let me make it clear. This is all hairline fractures. This is nothing drastic at all. None of these guys are heading shoulders above each other. Um, this can change on a week to week basis. That's how, in all my right. opinion, that, that's how the thin nice is when it comes to all these guys.
2: All right. I'll work. I'm gonna I'm gonna work four to one and I'll give you my rationale for each. Okay. It's not that I don't think Dan Quinn's a good coach. I think he's an excellent defensive coach. And like you said, he had success in Atlanta. I don't know what this is going to look like in Washington. I don't know that Josh Harris knows the first thing about owning a football team. Mm-hmm. So I can't put him anywhere but four right now until until I see how they go about things. And they still don't have a quarterback. I don't know that they're going to get it right. You know, Carolina drafted Bryce Young last year. and It didn't, didn't work out, at least for last year. So they could draft Caleb or they could draft Drake May. and And I don't know. So I have to put them last right now. I have to put him last in terms of coaching. Dable's three for me. Dable to me looks more like a miracle one season than a good coach. Mm. There was total chaos. Wink Martindale stormed out of there. That's the, a good the, point. I forgot about that. The offensive coach, you know, roll or, or wants to get out of there. They won't let him get out of there. Uh, the special teams coach got fired. His almost his whole staff. It was it was bad. Uh, next year they may not have Saquon, who was their lone playmaker. It feels mm. like um i think the giants are are borderline dysfunctional so i have him three i have mccarthy four here's the here's the reason i agree he coached his ass off in the regular season he mccarthy four
3: or two two okay you said four i just want to make
2: sure i'm sorry sorry quinn four dable three mccarthy two okay here's my reasoning for all the you know for everything that went on in the regular season which was really good for them they ended up in the same place the Eagles ended up into the playoffs at home. That's, that's true. That's true. You know, and got they got their doors blown off. So I, I'm, he has improved. He is very Sixers esque to me. Like mm. you need to show it to me, man, with away from Aaron Rodgers that you can do it in the in the biggest of of games. So I'm putting him at two for that reason. Sirianni gets one sort of by default. Now I think he's a really. Here goes my phone again. Whenever I, I say Sirianni, Nick. Okay. Nick gets number one here um, for me because the track record through two and a half years is really good. It's awful with the last thing that we saw. No argument. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and like you said, this could be very fluid, man. We could be week three. I think we revisit this like week three or four, and I think yeah. we could have a much different opinion of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just real quick. I'm, I'm going with him based off of getting to a Super Bowl getting to a playoff twice um and and helping Jalen even though last year was a bit of a step back develop help develop into an elite quarterback I think we give Steichen all the love for that let's give Nick a little bit too and Jalen so I'm gonna go Nick McCarthy Dable Quinn
3: I guess for me like, and that's the thing right you know when it comes to coaches it's it gets tricky because like what are we truly it on? Are we it on a resume? Are we gauging it off the strength of their roster and how they handle that? I mean, yep. Um, you know, f- I know for it me, is. It's a you know, it's a still, you know. You know, it's just when I look at Nick Siriani, I see, I see I look at a guy and I say, What does he do well? Right? What's his strength? What's his uh what does he lean on? Yeah. Right? McCarthy knows how to call plays. We saw that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can call plays, we saw that. Um I think Dayball was calling the plays from before, right? Or what was it? Or was it Calf? I can't remember. But I know Dayball has a. I know Dayball knows how to coach up a quarterback. Mm -hmm. We saw him turn. We saw him get the most. Yeah. Right. We saw Dayball squeeze something out of Daniel Jones. Right. And um, obviously, he worked with Josh Allen, and we saw the difference in between when Dayball was working with Josh Allen versus when he wasn't. Right. Um. You know, you and I agree on Dan Quinn. There's There's no. There's no debate there. Um, as you know, again, Sirianni took a major hit with me. Um, and I understand, I, I, can, I, I can respect you know, you trying to give him a little bit more credit when it comes to you know, Jalen Hurts and the development. But I guess my retort to that is, you know, why couldn't you help him this year? Mm. You know what I mean? Shea Steichen was like, like, like you know, l- let's be frank about it. You know, we saw Jalen Hurts develop under Sirianni, Steichen, and Brian Johnson, right? Mm. Year one. Year two, Sirianni, Stike, and Brian Johnson, right? Jalen Hurts gets better. Year three, Sirianni, Brian Johnson, and Alex Taney, at quarterback coach.
4: Right.
3: Jalen Hurts takes a step back. So this, to me, there's a correlation there. And, um, you know, I felt like Shane Stike and his creativity is why Jalen Hurts was able to be maximized in years one and two. Um, it's a reason why Nick Sirianni, Stockholm, plays at two and five he didn't know what to do with him so you know that that's something that I I still wrestle with and I can't really give him but so much credit for Jalen Hurts uh ascension um because again the common denominator is gone and so and lo and behold Jalen Hurts suffered because of it
2: mm-hmm. yeah I I think that's fair and I think if you're if there's a bigger a a a, a main point to make is if he can't figure out this quarterback this year, it, it, it's damning for him. Like, it, right. it, it, it's it's dooming. It's every D word you could throw out there. Uh, he's in big, big trouble, if that's yeah.
3: the case. And another thing, we knew the Giants sucked before Brian Dable got there. True. They were terrible when he got there. When True. was the last time they made the playoffs before he got there? So – you know, this again, it's something it, I, I have to give him credit for, you know, to being able to thrive somewhat. And again, he's only a year or two in a very turbulent situation. The front office is a mess. Their contracts are a mess.
2: They all, all bought into Daniel Jones' hype. They all him all bought in to,
3: and, and, and I'm willing to bet he did not want to give Daniel Jones that money.
2: I yeah, think that, you're right. I, I mean, those are the I things I think he we, knew you want to be a fly on the wall for. I right. agree with
3: you. I, I I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to argue that. I, I firmly believe Brian Dayball was like, this kid ain't it. But guess what? Joe Shane and those guys said, oh, no, he's he's like, all right, you know, because remember, he just got there. So he only got but so many legs to stand on. I firmly believe he was against giving giving dangers that money. I firmly believe that.
2: OK, well, let, let's go QBs. Um, this one appears uh, a little more obvious, but I think there's debate over one and two. So where all do right. you fall QBs? Let's rank the, the NFC East QBs.
3: So um, four, um, I go Daniel Jones. Daniel oh, Jones. He's
2: four. He's ahead of TBA in Washington.
3: Okay. Um, Daniel Jones is just awful. Um, right. um, as a and again, I'm going off of who's on the roster right now. Um, I think Daniel Jones is just awful. Just flat out awful. You know, I watch a guy and he just he's awful. <laughs> um, number three, I got Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell's better than Daniel Jones like like, quite frankly um i think he i think he has better pocket presence i think he throws a better ball um you know I, he's had a better single season um than daniel jones has ever had you know i mean he's throwing for more yards in in this season than daniel jones ever has in my if i'm not mistaken so right. um so somebody correct me if I'm wrong I, I don't mind about being wrong but um i just think sam Howell's better so he's three um until further notice we don't know what that quarterback is going to be um but as of, as of right now, Sam Howell's three. Um, you're right. Number one and number two is always tricky. Um, I'm going to put so, Deck Prescott had a better year than Jalen Hurts statistically. It's without question. He had a by far better year than Jalen Hurts. But I think, as far as my long term answer, I think I feel more comfortable with Jalen Hurts being my number one and Dak being my number two because um, Deck Prescott in the cowboys uniform we know exactly what that is we know exactly what that is it's going to be a it's going to be a wild card or if they're lucky a division around exit um uh i think he's a great quarterback i think he i think i think he i think he incurs too much disrespect but i think it's only because he's with the Dallas cowboys um jalen hurts i look at i look at him as a guy who um he's dynamic um especially if he can get back to that 2022 season um he thrives under pressure, um, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, he's younger. I think I think Dak is just Dak is a better thrower. Let's not, let's not take that, let's not let's not pretend I, Dak is a better thrower. He yep. is. But I just roll with Jalen Hurts because I saw him, you know, he made he made it he made it to a Super Bowl in year two as a starter, something Dak has never been able to do. Uh, so, you know, I'm, you know, th- you know, that, that, that's pretty much my reason. And again, there are definitely things Dak Prescott does better than Jalen Hurts without question. But I also think Jalen Hurts is just, um, I think Jalen Hurts just you know, just knows how to win games, you know, the important ones. So, you know, again, you know, we can, as of right now, and we know Jalen Hurts came off of that bad year. And I know it sounds blasphemous, me putting Jalen Hurts ahead of Dak Prescott right now. Um, but I think I just feel more comfortable um rolling G on Hurts in the long term than I do Dak Prescott because I know how that story ends.
2: Yeah, I got Hurts one. Um uh, I've seen Hurts get to a Super Bowl. I haven't seen Dak Prescott have any playoff success. And right. in fact, he's oftentimes you know the 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 ringleader as to why it goes in, into into the abyss like that Packers game. So
3: Yeah, he was awful.
2: Yeah, it's Jalen all day, then it's Dak Prescott, then it's Daniel Jones, then it's TBA. TBA could surpass Daniel Jones real quick. I mean, if we they get Caleb Williams or they get Drake May and, and those guys are Do yeah, you
3: perfect. think Sam Howell's better than Daniel Jones?
2: I think it, I think they're they're both equally getting you nowhere. Okay. <laughs> does that make sense? Like you know, yeah, does. You, you, potato potato, man. Like, you know what you end up with? Nothing. You're going nowhere with either one of them. Um, so this is a two-horse race. I, I have a firm belief that Jalen can get back to a high level of play, which surpasses Dak ultimately. Dak's a really good number accumulator, really. Yes, yes. In the regular like, season, he's yes. great at that. But I think if I had a game to win, Tone, and I know this is hard right now because we're coming off a pretty ugly, ending. a very bad year, very I'm bad taking year. Jalen, I'm taking Jalen. I yeah, am.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think I think most people would because. Again, you know, Dak Prescott is going to give you the numbers. He's going to put up the numbers. He's going to be accurate. He's going, he's going to do all those things. He's like he, he's he's the Kirk Cousins. He's a he's another Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He he's going to give you the numbers. He's Good going top. to be accurate. You know, he's yeah. going to always be in the mix in that regard. But can he win you in an important game? And that that still remains to be seen. Um, Jalen Hurts, again, coming off of a very down year, 20 turnovers, unacceptable. Um Outside of that, I felt like I, I felt like he produced a lot still. But again, bad year. He has to own that, has to be better from that. I'm not making any excuses from that. Jalen yeah. Hurts can't have another year like this. Yeah. Um, and, especially and, if we're going to consider him to be the best quarterback in his division.
2: Well, here's the thing, and Barbara Carroll asked, how many good how many road playoff wins does Jalen have? Uh, I think you know the answer to that. The answer's none. Uh he he's lost two straight years, uh well, not two straight, but two years to Tampa right, on right. the road. Uh, I I honestly the first season th- this is where I like context as opposed mm. to just numbers. the context of it was they weren't beating Tom Brady at that junction of their of their growth yeah as that a team United was ill team.
3: prepared for that game that's, they weren't
2: they weren't ready for that and they lost that game as a team he didn't play well they didn't play well as a team I, I can throw that one out um I'm not making any excuses for last year he stunk they all stunk that's on him that's on them and they didn't play any road playoff games in 2022 because they earned that right for having a 14 and 3 regular season. They played two games at home in which they stopped their opponents and they got to the Super Bowl and lost within 3 where he played phenomenal sans one mistake.
9: Yeah, so. as
3: of right now Jalen Hurts is I believe 2 and 3 in the playoffs. Um but again, I I I just see Jalen Hurts as a guy that I see him as a guy who knows how to fix his issues. You know, that Prescott we've seen, we, we, we've seen this, we've seen this movie so many times. Exactly. Hurts is very early in his career. You know, I'm more optimistic about, I'll put you this way. I'm more optimistic about Jalen Hurts than I am Derek Prescott. Same. You know, and I think, and, and, and I think that's the million dollar question, right? Who are you more optimistic about?
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree, but with
3: Barbara, you. you're not wrong. I mean, you know, you, Barbara, you bring up a great point. You know, it's it's not an easy conversation. It's not an easy debate by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, if, if someone chose Dak Prescott, am I going to really argue him argue him to the moon? No, no I'm not. You know, you know, again, I think both this have is, a lot to prove. Yeah, both have a lot to prove. I think I think that's I think that's the main thing, right? Both of those guys were ass in their final playoff game. Let's make that clear. Both of those guys were terrible in their playoff game. Um, and then deck started stat- padding stats when the game's already well, over. This but- is
2: this is also see this. It, do you want a classic troll move? Jones records one and one, so it's better. Uh, okay, but so Barbara Carroll, if you have a half a brain, if you want Daniel Jones over Jalen Hurts, you got it, you got it, you got it, because you, his records, you can have better.
3: Him. You can whatever I, that means. I, I wouldn't even entertain her or. Her or Stop. him, I can't even tell. But Stop. Um,
2: all right. Anyway, let's move on from the from from nonsense. All right, let's talk about owners. Um, this one I, I find pretty easy. Uh, tell me where you where you fall on this one.
3: <sighs> Say that one more time. I lost you.
2: Yeah, your ownership. How would you rank the NFC East ownership?
3: Um. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good question. Ownership uh harris is last i have no idea what he is or who he is well i know who he is when been comes to the sixers and i don't like him owning owning the sixers but um he's last uh see here's this is where things get interesting because ownership you're gauging them off of something you're gauging them off of something that's totally different right um All right, I'm, all right I'm, I'm. I might make some people. I might make some people upset with this. J- uh, Josh Harris is fourth from an ownership from an ownership standpoint. I think Jeffrey Lurie might be three or two. Wow! And here is why: one Super Bowl in thirty years. The Maras. They got two Super Bowls this century. And actually, if I'm gauging off that, then I got to put Jerry Jones three. Mm -hmm. Put Jerry Jones three. Then I put Jeffrey Lurie two. And I put the Maras at one. Because of their success this century, you know, over the past 20 years, past 24 years, I think the Giants, yes, the Giants have two Super Bowls, right? eagles have won cowboys have none commanders have none you know i'm not going to give jerry jones credit for what happened in 1993 or 94 you know what i'm saying i want to talk about lately and i feel like jerry jones too often is in the way so he so he's three he's three and for that main reason um jeffrey laurie um as successful as the past 24 years have been as a whole one super bowl year i mean one, one super bowl win in 30 years not enough for me in my humble opinion, based off the teams they've had in the years past. And also I feel like at times Jeffrey Lurie can be a little bit too um scapegoatish. He can kind of blame, he can kind of just place blame whenever things go wrong. And it's just sometimes sometimes things aren't that simple. Um he can be a little knee-jerkish sometimes. And I and sometimes I feel like him and Howie think they know more about football than they really do. Um, and then the Maras. I mean, I just feel like they've been just they they've been you know, great owners overall, they've had some, obviously, you know, the, you know, the Tom Coughlin era was great, but you know, they got two super bowls and I gotta, you know, that has to carry some kind of weight. So I think the mirrors are one, Lurie's two, Jerry Jones, three, um, Josh Harris, four.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm putting Harris four. Yep. um, uh, you know, and again, in fairness to him, I haven't loved him as a Sixers owner, but he may prove to be better as a commander owner, can't put him anywhere else but four because we have no idea. Um, I debated two and three. I I think Jerry Jones, while he had he can always flash his three Super Bowl rings. It's been, you know, twenty five years since he won those, and this is very much a "What have you done for me lately?" league, and he is a guy who is meddlesome to the point where he has the title of general manager as an owner. Yeah, I don't he like imp- that. He impedes his own team's progress far yep. too much. He causes headaches around the building with all the yapping that he does and everything else that goes on. I'm putting him at three. I don't mm-hmm. care that he has Super Bowl rings. I'm putting the Maras at two because they've won more recently um, and they knocked off an undefeated Patriots team. And you got to give them props for that. Like um, the Patriots off two. twice, twice. But the, yeah, the one was undefeated. But they're yeah they're. But I think they're they're trending wrong right now. I'm putting Laurie one simply because he does have a Super Bowl. He's got he's been in three. In the last 20 years, he's won one. But if you look at the number of wins for his teams and the, and the consistent nature of what he's oh. done, the Eagles, in terms of playoff wins and being to the playoffs, I think are right there, maybe second or third yeah. Uh, yeah. behind, you know, like the, the real heavy hitters in the league. So, I, I and I also think he does enough, although it, some people may argue this, I think he's hands-on to the point where he knows what's going on in his day-to-day operations, has a philosophy. But I don't think he's meddling like like jerry jones no is no, no no yeah i like don't think he's jerry jones are. level
3: yeah i agree i don't think he's jerry jones level at all yeah um but there are moments where i question you know the decision making but overall um yeah i again i'm not going to argue you know you having laurie at one right um the fact that we both have eagles and giants at one and two respectively i mean again you know, however you just this is such a fluid conversation because it all goes based on how are you gauging it, right? If you're gauging it strictly off Super Bowl wins, then you got to go Jerry, right? If you're gauging it off a combination of everything, winning, recency bias, you know how they medal, all that kind of, you know, then Jerry is definitely three. You know what I'm saying? So um it's give or take. It all depends how you want to gauge it. I don't think there's there's one wrong answer, and that's Josh Harris. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, um, you know take your pick really it's you know it's not that it's it's very fluid in my humble opinion and i think like and i think like all like we mentioned with the coaches and the quarterbacks this is very fluid this could change week to week year yeah. to year like these guys it's, there's no one definitively in this division who's head and shoulders above the next person no yep. one yep. and i think that's what makes the nfc east so interesting because you never know who's going to win the division every year you see if you ask the same question for the afc east we're going to say well easily um robert um Robert Kraft, number one. Easy.
4: Yep. You know what
3: I'm saying? It's yeah. certain divisions is a much easier conversation. If you I ask agree. if you ask the AFC North, you're going to say, oh, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Easily. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, the, I, I think the NFC East is one of the more difficult divisions to really gauge um who's the best in terms of ownership, coaching, quarterback. It, it can get a little tricky there.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. All right. So let's hit a couple other things here. Um mm-hmm. lastly, let's go GMs. Let's go GMs. Now we have uh, uh Joe Shane. If, if people aren't familiar with the name, Joe Shane in New York, uh, Adam Peters, who takes over. He was in San Francisco with John Lynch, and he goes to take over the commanders. Steven Jones slash Jerry Jones, you know, are, are the Cowboys guys, and we know Howie Roseman. So uh what would be your order for them?
3: Um, obviously the commanders guy goes actually, you know what? No, forget that. Um I think Joe Shane is last. He's last for me because there's no way you justify paying Dame Jones. No way. Um, they made so many. They they they've had so many front office mishaps over the past couple of years. I it's unforgivable mm. to me. Joe Shane, he he loses a lot of brownie points with me for signing Dame Jones to that contract. Now, is it easy to get out of? Sure, but they should never pay him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Should have picked up, should have picked up the fifth-year option, gave yourself more flexibility. But no, they were idiots. So he's four for that reason alone. Um the other guy in, with the commanders, uh, what's his name again?
2: You gotta give him Adam Peters. You gotta give him time. I you know. Adam Peters,
3: you know, I gave him I give him three because he comes from a top, top class organization um he obviously was hands-on with building that roster so i give him three just for that loan uh number two um number two number two i gotta go stephen jones number two stephen jones and number one harry roseman uh you know don't get me wrong both of those guys have done all have done solid jobs building rosters in the past um i think both teams um struggle with drafting um to an extent mm-hmm. um but i just look at how roseman as a guy who's always done just enough to put them in, in contention for a super bowl and stephen jones see here's the problem with the cowboys right i've never felt like their issues with gm related you i've never felt- the owner. I've always felt like their issues were what's happening on the field and the owner, you know, because, like, Stephen Jones, if you if you look at that Cowboys team from top to bottom, you'll say, oh, they're talented. They're one of the yep. more talented teams. I've never felt like the Cowboys weren't talented enough. I've never felt that. Um, I've always felt like um, Dan Jones gets in the way. I mean, not Dan Jones. Jerry Jones gets in the way. No, Stephen,
2: uh and whomever else is there, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like Stephen Jones is constantly trying to, like, you know, Say hey, Jerry. We we we're all right, you know. Well, you
2: remember he had to talk him out of Johnny Manziel. You remember that one?
3: I kind of wish he didn't.
2: I, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he he's he yeah. I agree. I I don't. I would not. I, believe me, I'm sure those guys are paid very handsomely. But yeah. you I you can't tell me that the, every every Monday after he does his radio show, you're not in the office. Like, what did he say this time? All right. What, what damage control do we have to do now? You know, I, I'm sure that happens all the time, but that's why tone for me, it's Howie. Then it's then it's the Joneses. Then it's Shane. Then it's Peters. Peters again. Washington's hard to even.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, he's unproven, and I'm and, I, and I'm trolling the Giants right now. Yeah. Obviously, you know what I mean. But because again, you don't pay Danny Jones to think I'm going to be your friend, right? <laughs> it's, it's just I'm I think Daniel Jones is awful. It, yeah, but yeah, um. No, 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 debate from me.
2: Uh, I, I, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. I got some really crazy stuff I'm going to throw at you ahead of the Super Bowl here. Um, it's some, it's some prop stuff, but it's also what's being, what's already been spent, what's anticipated being spent in terms of gambling on this game. I'll throw some, some props your way. These are actually real props, not my made up props. So we'll do all those things. When we come back, he's Tone, I'm Rob, we're Sports Fake. All right, let, let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yes, pro-action restoration. Uh, if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you're not really sure who to turn to. You're not sure what to do, right? You're not equipped for that. Well, they are. And pro-action restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I went through it. I had I had a leak that went through two floors and ruined my bathroom, ruined the ceiling in my basement, the carpet, the whole night. I reached out to ProAction Restoration. They fixed the problem, number one. Uh, and then they went about fixing my house, whether it was the ceiling, whether it was the wall that was destroyed, whether it's the carpet. It was one-stop shopping, and they worked in conjunction with my insurance company, which is huge. So they are licensed, bonded, fully insured, Um, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610 623 3760, 610 623 3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits.
9: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24/7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News, search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
10: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Tony and Rob hanging out with you on this Tuesday. All right, let's. Uh,
2: I want to throw a couple things at. Are you surprised since the line came out basically um when the when the championship games ended the line has been the 49ers minus 2 in this Super Bowl and it hasn't really moved at all tone it's still the 49ers minus 2 I'm surprised by that with the Chiefs pedigree in in Super Bowls and you know having Mahomes and Andy and more experience I, I thought Kansas City would be a slight favorite. I certainly thought this line would move a little bit, but it, it stayed pretty consistent with the with the 49ers. Are you surprised by that? Um
3: a little bit. A little bit. But I mean, when you think about it, the, the Niners have a have a better have a better uh record. They've blown out more teams than the Chiefs have all year. They've been the more dominant force all year. Mm. Um obviously their playoff games have been very nip and tuck, but for the most part, they've been the most dominant team uh throughout the year. So I can understand why the betters um can definitely see that. Um, but look, I told you this once, I'm gonna tell you again, I'm completely done betting against Patrick Mahomes. Completely done. He has, in my opinion, a better a better defense than what Brock Purdy has on his side with the Niners. I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs defense is Top three, maybe the best in the NFL. After, especially after we saw what they did to the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Um, they may have the best defense in the NFL. Um, it's it's good. Probably Brock Purdy's going to be hard pressed to figure things out. Sp- Spags is going to stress that young man. Mm-hmm. So, um, am I surprised? No, but you know, at the same time, man, I think those betters got their money on the wrong table. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. Patrick Mahomes, man, that man is. That I means it's magic. Yeah, I
2: I would uh I wouldn't get anywhere near wouldn't get anywhere near going against them. I, I foolishly did it against the Ravens, and I won't. I do did it.
3: it. Yet. I did it at the Ravens. I did it with when they faced the uh. I'm trying to think. I I, I just I've been betting I against you, have,
2: you Buffalo. You did it. I I yes, had yes, I yes, had beating yes, yes. Buffalo. Yes. Yeah, I, I, have, I,
3: I got you. Yep. I had Buffalo winning that game. You know, it's just. Time and time again, they have shocked me. Yeah, and also, then they play their entire playoff run was on the road, was it not?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it has been. No, no, the first game was in Kansas City against Miami.
3: Right, right. The first game was right. You're, right, you're absolutely right. The first game was in Kansas City. After that, they played in Buffalo, and then and they played Baltimore. in yeah, Baltimore. Two hard places to play.
2: No question. It's been a hell of a run for them, man. It really has. Um, all right. So I would. Uh, so that's that's interesting of in and of itself. So let me give you a couple other things. Mm-hmm. By the time the game kicks off on Sunday, a lot of sites are anticipating $23.1 billion will be bet on this game. $23.1 billion bet just on this game. B. With a B? With a B. Billion. Billion. Bet on this game. Yes, sir. Bernice. <laughs> Bridget.
3: Bartholomew. <laughs> yeah. Yes. B.
2: Yes, B. Lord have mercy. Banana. Yes, B. Yes. Yes. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. money. Okay,
3: you said 21 point. 23.1. 23.1 billion bets. We're not even talking about the amount of money on each particular bet. Right. These bets have to be scratching $100
2: It's, it, it's it crazy, be, man. It
3: There's no way. It, and, and guess what? Betting isn't even legal in every state. Right. Imagine if it was.
2: Imagine that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Think That'd about this, too. Think about this, too. First week, this is before we even got to Monday, before we even got to Monday, there was a, a $1 million bet placed in and of itself by one person, by one individual, a million-dollar bet. A six-figure bet made on the coin toss tone. Coin toss.
3: See, I feel like people who bet like that are psychos.
2: That's you that's know. a 50-50 literal boom, flip a coin, heads or tails. Nuts to me.
3: Yeah, when you when you when you get into that kind of betting, I feel like man, you're 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 way too deep.
2: To me, it's you're irresponsible. In, hey, if you have the money, you knock interest. yourself out. But but I'm right, not You are in,
3: interest. Interest. I mean, let's, let's 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 really think about it. 50 50 proposition that might be the best odds that anybody can get on Super Bowl Sunday. Is that fair to say? Uh, what, yeah, what, I guess so. what What parlay, what prop bet, what, what what bet can give you a 50% chance of winning it other than the coin toss?
2: Probably it, I guess. Well, yeah, if you if you did, no, no, not necessarily. I mean, you mean right down the line without odds? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes it makes sense. All right, let me throw a
3: couple. It's tricky, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a Batman anyway, so.
2: Well, keep in mind, so they can't technically do Taylor Swift bets because a, a producer or a director could be influenced with cutaways to her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Make sense?
3: Yeah. All right. So you, you,
2: you know, you, your buddy could go to you and say, Hey man, listen, I'm going heavy that you're going to cut away to Taylor Swift six times. Make sure. Make sure you get six. So anyway, and she's not a player or a participant in the game. All right. So there's a bunch of others that we, I'll throw a couple at you. Speaking of Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, over under six and a half receptions. Over. Yeah, I like the over, too. He's crushing that.
3: He's I like it, that. He's He's going to have like 13 catches in that game. Watch.
2: Yep. Yep. I, I think he's going to have a monster game. I agree with you. I like this one, too. Staying with the tight ends. George Kittle, three and a half.
3: Third and half what catches. Are they serious? Yeah. He's 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 gonna George Kittle's gonna have like six catches in this game.
2: I think Kittle's gonna be big for them. Um, mm-hmm. so I would I would go especially if Debo's still not a hundred percent and he's exactly. kind of battling that thing, Kittle's gonna get more opportunity. So uh I like I like both tight ends to go over. Uh, this one's interesting for, for Brock Purdy. Actually, there's two that are really interesting over under 12 and a half rushing yards. Hmm. Remember I'm last t- the last game, his legs really kind of bailed them out.
3: Yeah, I'm actually going to say the over with that because this is the kind of game where you see quarterbacks kind of do whatever it takes to get the you know to you know the moody chains. Yeah, I, 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 I'll take the over with that. Okay, I would. He's okay. definitely prone to give you one or two runs where he just bails and he gives you a 15 yard gain or whatever. So I, I I'll take the over with that.
2: I think too, you know, if Kansas City's D line is getting good pressure on him. It could flush him from the pocket. You know, it sounds counterproductive, what I'm saying, but I think if you have a good pass rush, it could force your quarterback to get out and make some plays with their legs.
3: Right, right, exactly.
2: All right, so there's that one. Uh, This is another one with Purdy. Over, under, half an interception. Will he throw one or won't he throw one?
3: I'm taking over with that.
2: I think he throws one, too.
3: He's going to throw one. He's definitely going to throw one.
2: Yeah,
3: and I think and I think Trent McDuffie is the one that's going to force it.
2: Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I mean, look, McDuffie's a stud. Uh, there's Very no much question so. About that. Uh, all right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the under on this one. They have Isaiah Pacheco with 16 and a half carries. I don't see Andy. I know how good Pacheco is. Uh, how I don't many? See him did pounding have? it like that.
3: See, see, we got to keep in mind this. This new-look Chiefs team has kind of altered their identity as the season progressed. Um, they definitely need more in their running game in their defense, and they've asked Patrick Mahomes to make plays in between all that. Um, How many carries is it again?
2: 16 and a half.
3: Um, I'm going to take the over.
2: Yeah, it's a tough call. Are you? I'm going under on that one. I, I, I think he's in the 14 range i think he's in the 14 range um all right let let me hit with a couple other ones here the uh uh, well yeah i'll go with this one the offensive mvp patrick mahomes is plus 140 brock purdy is plus 200 christian McCaffrey is plus 500 kelsey's plus 1400 debo's plus 1800
3: yeah i'm taking mahomes man because i think they're winning the game so yeah i'm taking mahomes
2: can never go wrong. Uh, can never
3: go wrong with my homeboy
2: taking homes in, in that situation. I would go. I would. I would bet two things on that. I'd, I'd go with a little bit of a lower investment and grab Kelsey plus the fourteen hundred because there's so much hype with him going into the game. I get a better payoff for that. Um, you know, I wouldn't go crazy with it, but I drop a little something on there. Um, I'd look at McCaffrey a little bit too um, in this one to see what he he may be able to, to get me a nice little payoff. So I would think about that also. Um, the money line for the 49ers is minus 130, meaning you put up 100 to win 100 back. If you lose, you lose 130. Put up 100 to win uh, 110 for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're the uh, they're the money lines. The line is minus two 49ers over under 47 and a half for Super Bowl 58, which is coming up Sunday in Las Vegas. I'll, well. We'll sprinkle more in throughout the course of the week uh, as we meet up. All right, let's let's hit it. Let's come back. Let's talk NFL. The the Niners are unhappy with the turf that they're going to be practicing on, that they're practicing on at UNLV. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Coaching hires, guys being shown the door, uh, a, a ton of stuff here in store for you over the next hour of the program. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis. Sports take. Let's talk about Flynn tree services. Yes. They are an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Uh, They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they're experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve Southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey and Northern Delaware. Flynn tree services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, uh, you get storm hurricane season, you know, coming very soon, and we get, we get towards the spring. It's a great time to have your trees evaluated. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848 or online at flyntreeservices dot com. That's flyntreeservices dot com.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers.
9: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
10: And the big story on Action News. Search
9: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
10: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right,
2: we're back. Appreciate you hanging with us on a Tuesday. All right, Tone, so let's, um, let's look at a couple things NFL-wise. So if this sounds familiar, it is. Uh, but fortunately for the 49ers, this is just their practice field, not the actual field that they'll be playing on on Sunday. But there are a lot of reports out that they're none too happy with the condition of the field at UNLV that they'll be practicing on. Now, hmm. um,
9: Kyle it Shanahan has said
2: Yeah, it does. Kyle Shanahan has said, we'll deal with it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and bemoan it. It is what it is. We'll be all right. It's a field we got. We're good. He's trying to take the high road with this thing. Uh, but members, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, members of the organization didn't care for the playing surface at UNLV. Um, the, the NFL installed a sod field on top of the current turf field surface. And sources told Schefter that the sod field w- was installed just last week how does this keep happening? <sighs> Though the NFL normally requires Super Bowl practice fields to meet certain standards, in December that the NFL, you know, hardness for the field averages 78. I, we don't need to get into the minutia of this thing. You knew that someone was going to be practicing on this field, right? Now the, the, the Chiefs are practicing, if you're wondering, at the Raiders practice facility, which apparently is all up to speed. I asked the same question I asked about last year's turf in Arizona. You've known this. This is your your marquee game. This is your showcase. How do you not have the practice field ready for these guys?
3: It's malpractice. It's malpractice, in my opinion. You know, one of those. You know, one of the two teams are going to be on UN, UNLV's field. You, you like. You know what? You you everything is already pretty much known. Get off your ass and get things done properly to make sure your multi-billion-dollar investments are. Freaking safe on the field. You know what I mean? Like, damn, guys can't even get a quality practice field. Lord knows what the actual game is gonna be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this independent of what happened last year. Look, I'm not ever going to get into what happened last year. It is what it is. Look, the 40, look, you owe the 49ers, they earned, you know, they earned the right to be there. Give them us, give them a good practice field. What the hell? Yeah,
2: it's a joke. It, 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 it's, it's,
3: it's, it's quite honestly a joke for, for uh a league that. Charges an arm and a leg for Super Bowl tickets, and charges an arm and a leg for so many other things as well. And it's always looking for um, another angle to make money. I make too much money for y'all to be this lackadaisical when it Channels. comes to this providing a, a a practice a, a, balance, a solid practice field. It, it make it makes no sense to me, you know. And like I, it, it's annoying that this is something that's been called into question over the past couple of years. Really? And it's and honestly. I'm tired of watching Super Bowls in the dome. Yeah. I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I don't like Super Bowls in the dome. I do not like it. I like Super Bowls outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When anything can happen, a storm, whatever it is. I, that's that's my vibe. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah. yeah. If I had like, my
2: druthers, for sure. That's what because
3: you know, because you know what? The, it's become a corporate event. We got to keep our stakeholders dry. You know, we don't want our stakeholders to get cold. You know, uh, it's. I'm tired of it. I like Super Bowls outside. It's football, man. This is not arena football.
2: This is not flag football. This is football, man. This is meant to be played outdoors. Yeah. Uh, all right. Put put this in the category of who knows what. Like some of this stuff, I, I honestly think it is just utterly made up, but, but whatever. Have you heard this one? <laughs> I can't believe I'm be saying this. But there was actually uh, – r- there were rumors being floated around The teams did not take a run at Mike, Mike Vrabel because of his size. Have you heard this one? What do, what do you mean size? How, how tall he – how big he he's a He's a big boy. He's a big dude. Okay. Does this make any sense in, in under any circumstance?
3: No. That's why I asked that. What do you mean size? Like, I don't get it. Like it was, Football it was,
2: players was, are gigantic for the most – not everybody, but are very big human beings. Do we really think that there's an intimidation factor at the size of Mike Vrabel? Like this is what we have come to now?
3: If, if 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 that's the case, you shouldn't be in the NFL. You shouldn't be in that business. Yeah, you got you got former players who become coaches, all that kind of stuff. Come on, man! Like now we're talking about intimidation. What are we doing here? I mean, Vrabel is, is one of the best coaches in the league right now, and right. he's going to get a job. Don't get it twisted.
2: Yeah, but, he'll sit one year, and he'll be he will be coaching next year, guaranteed. He's
3: Garth. he his size and his his posture is the reason why he doesn't have a job and why teams are afraid to take a sh-
2: what? What are we talking about? We gotten to an absurd point now. I mean, what honest. are we talking about? Did it? matter Dan Campbell's a big guy. Did that that hurt him? Right. Brian Dayball's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, what you know
3: what I mean. Big Red uh, is a big boy.
2: I I, I don't know. You man. know what I'm saying? I, oh, I don't. Know what, I don't know what's Mike, happening. Mike
3: McCarthy's a big boy. Yeah. You know, what what are we talking about here?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Insanity. All right. Um, Jay Harbaugh, who is Jim Harbaugh, who is now with the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh's son, Jay, was hired as the Seahawks special teams coach. Um, so he will go there. Uh, Eric Bieniemy officially out with the commanders. And I, I'd have to look. I think Seattle's still open as far as an OC goes, I think. I don't know if there's any other offensive coordinator openings right now. I don't think there is, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that's it. Anyway, um, so Dan Quinn yesterday met with the media for the first time. and One of his quotes that stood out, uh, nothing I enjoy more than doing hard bleep with good people. So All right. he, he's, uh, he's coming now, listen, out. It's, coming important, out it's,
3: it's important to set the tone. So, yeah. Um, look, I think Dan Quinn is a quality hire. We'll find out if it was a good hire. It's just that simple.
2: yeah, i I think the only thing that the the only um danger that i, I, I it's not danger. I, I think the 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 people fall prey to hey, he wasn't their first choice. that to me, man, how many times has the second or third choice been the right choice?
3: Hey, listen, I'll tell you this right now. I highly doubt I was my wife's first choice. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Sometimes Hey,
2: you yes, you so, landed so, the plane, my friend. Hey, yep. listen,
3: I landed the plane. You know what yep. I mean? I, you know, I, I got the bags off that damn thing. You yep. know what I mean? I made sure everybody got their stuff in baggage clean. You know, I did I I did my <laughs> part. Whoever dropped the ball, they dropped the ball. But it's on them. But guess yep. what? That's on them, man. I scored. Yep, you feel me? Yep, yep. So <laughs> That's so funny, Look, man, look. First second choice, third choice, look, wasn't the right choice. That's that's what was that. That's it. And I guess that's what I'll point. tell you is
2: right now, Rob, you and I we, we were the right choices. That's correct. That is yes, correct, sir. my friend. That's a great outlook of on life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I I don't know what's going on with Eric B enemy. I don't. Um and we talked about this quite a bit. I honestly don't know if the the interview process goes poorly, I don't know that there isn't some kind of dirt. I don't know, but I for his track record at the very minimum this guy should be in OC somewhere next year. So I I don't pretend to have the insight to what's going on here. Um so beyond that, um Brad Holmes who's the Giants GM or Gi- Lions GM, the Giants wishy was their GM. He's the Lions GM. He said <laughs> we're no fluke. This isn't going anywhere. Um they, 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 we are going to be back. And we're gonna be here for a long time. I love that. I love I, that confidence. I, I, I like the confidence too. I love. I, I even love this reaction when they
3: won that playoff game against the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just love the energy. Um, and on top of that, I'm gonna keep it hundred too. Uh, Black GM doing his thing, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And uh, he did a he did a hell of a job. Um, drafting. Um, providing assets to that roster. Um, made a um, made a good choice in hiring um, that organization. Made a good choice in hiring uh, Dan Campbell. You yep. know I don't want I don't want to hear Lions fans getting choosy. Y'all have no right to be choosy, with all due respect. Lions yeah, fans, be grateful where you are right now. Don't you 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 don't start criticizing Dan Campbell. Oh, we need a guy. It should have been Ben Johnson. Listen, y'all sons of guns ain't got no right to be choosy. All right.
2: Well, that I mean, the thing just, just is, roll with it. Yeah, you the Lions fans should be thrilled after their history to have these guys in place, to have Holmes in place, to have uh, Campbell in place. The way that they've drafted, the way they they built that thing, man, you should they should be doing backflips. Uh, they're yeah. headed in the right direction. Man. Like, exactly.
3: It's 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 like, it's like the uh, it's like the ugly duckling trying to be choose. to say, listen, <laughs> yeah. the person the person that took you to prom, just just enjoy it, okay. Uh-huh. I agree with you. Agree. You're, you're, you're not you're not as you're not as good as you think you are. All right.
2: Uh, um, all right, Patrick Mahomes. I, I again again, Mahomes handles himself very very well. So he he was asked about chasing Tom Brady. Brady's got seven. He said seven seems like a long ways away. Okay, I'm not going there. So this will be his fourth Super Bowl. He's won two, and lost one so far. I wonder yeah. if he was asked about his dad. He did. He did get asked about his dad. He said it's a family. Uh, it, it, it's a. It, it was a family uh, event, not event. Well, I'm trying to think of a what family matter, it was. basically. And he said it's a family matter, and I and I'm just not going to discuss it. Fair enough. It's the. It, and that's a great way to to. to
3: of course, it. and that's exactly what it is. It's a family yeah. matter, and I'm not going to discuss it with you. Simple yep. as that.
2: Yep. Uh, Shane Bowen is now the DC for the Giants he was the DC with the Titans so they they do have their their defensive coordinator in place their offensive coordinator Kafka was not allowed to leave and they have a new special teams coach so they they uh you know they're, they're going to go about trying to trying to fix this thing and it, it ain't going to be easy but you know they they got a lot to do for sure yeah in new york absolutely uh Brock Purdy this is an this is a different kind of take because usually we get the chip on your shoulder. I'm I'm keeping receipts response from players. He says, I, I don't care who was drafted in front of me. I'm looking at you know, behind, you know, back then, I'm looking at literally what I have to do Sunday and what's in front of me. Look, and here's I'm not the, worried about it yet.
3: Look, listen, draft position is overrated, in my humble opinion. It's it's entirely overrated. We we see we see guys draft the first overall turn into duds. And we see guys drafted last in the NFL turn into you know household names. We've seen it, you know. In my humble opinion, get to the league and at that point grind it out, baby. I could care less where a guy was drafted. I'm 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 paying attention. That's why I hate when organizations prioritize certain guys because where they were drafted or why right. or, or they give them more leeway because of where they were drafted. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm looking at everybody through the same lens. OK, we drafted you here because because your talent p- push it your t- what you did in college position you there. Right. Yeah. But once you get to the once you get to the pros, once, once we all get to OTAs or training camp, all that draft stock shit is out the window. Yep. Who's playing the best? Who's operating? Who's, who's executing at a high level? Those are the guys that's playing. I don't care where I drafted you. And I feel like too, too often organizations get wrapped up in that and at least to their detriment.
2: Yeah. I, I think too, the, the, the 49ers and they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is. I get it, but they showed you the ultimate commitment to him. They traded away Trey Lance.
3: That was the first step, right? The, the ultimate commitment is the money
2: because but, that was a big admission that we made a
3: huge mistake. Of course. So of when course. they
2: did that and you know, they brought in Darnold and all that, but Darnold never, I don't think ever really had a shot at this thing. <laughs> they they told you Brock Purdy's the guy, you know. I don't care where he was, Mister Revell and all that other crap. He he's he's the guy for us,
3: right? Trading Trey Lance, um, was the commitment this season. The money is going to be the real commitment. We'll see how they we'll see where they go in in that regard. But yeah. as of right now, they as of right now they took the first steps to committing to him. Yeah, and yeah. we'll see where it goes from there. He got into a Super Bowl. Um, he helped lead him to a Super Bowl. Uh, Brock Purdy is sitting pretty right now.
2: Yeah, I he mean, just maybe, has to
3: keep keep maintaining, keep executing at a high level, and pray to God no one figures you out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's where I do think it's a little bit unfair um, to Brock Purdy. Because people will say, well, he's got Christian McCaffrey, and he's got Debo, and he's got Kittle, and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Uh, not all of his career, but but you know during his career, right, right? He won territory. he
3: won his first Super Bowl with some with some regular dudes, with a bunch of dudes. I agree, a bunch of dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but, 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 but you know, to your on. point, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, yeah. T. Higgins. You know, what I mean, Joe. Mixon. You need players. You know, what I mean, you need players. Um, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, Austin Eckler. Yeah, you need players. Uh, Derek Prescott at a time. Amari Cooper, C. D. Lamb. Um, George Kittle and Dalton Schultz, at, you know, at a time. And you need players. Right. So um, why would you want to – I can I go understand. on and on. Yeah. You need players. Now, there are situations like the Bills, like the Ravens, where you really only have maybe one guy, maybe one or two guys, if that, and then the quarterback is kind of making a lot happen with himself. Yeah. Um, Those are a different – that's a different caliber of quarterback there. Where, you know, when you could just have one guy and everybody else is kind of C plus or B minus, if that – you make it happen you make it do what it do um you know that's the that's a different caliber quarterback and look i think at some point jalen hurts is going to have to prove that he can um carry the philadelphia eagles in particular you know you know god forbid if you know um aj brown you know doesn't end his career here or davante smith or dallas god or whoever it is there's going to be a point in time where jalen hurts maybe has one guy that's like that's like a plus, and everybody else is maybe C plus. Right. And he's go and, and and he's gonna have to make that work. Um, but again, that's future talk. We have no idea what the future holds. We'll see how this thing pans out. But the bottom line is you need players to win, as simple yeah. as
2: that. Uh Kadarius Tony.
3: Oh man, that guy's an embarrassment.
2: So he had an interview last night with Michael Robinson of the NFL Network, and he claims when he was doing all that talking about not being hurt he was addressing Giants fans who have been coming at him. He wasn't in any way, shape, or form ripping the Chiefs. And he said everything he – here's the classic. everybody, Everything was taken out of context. Let me tell you something. He already sealed his fate. But, like, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm just like, stop talking, dude. Just stop. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Let's get through Sunday. And then you'll be gone to to play whatever team you want to play for and we'll be rid of you, too. But anyway, that's what he had to say. Yeah. It, first of all, I seen I seen some of that footage,
3: and in my humble opinion, you could you could try to dress, you could try to put makeup on the pig all you want. Yeah, you, you showed your ass, <laughs> and you're gonna have you, you're gonna have to pay for that. You're you're gonna have to wear that at some point. Um, and look, yeah, the NFL, you know, football is a game, but also you're in the NFL; it's politics involved as well. Yeah. If you don't conduct yourself properly, if the talent doesn't supersede the headache, yep. you're out, kid. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple, baby. That's how life works. You know yep. what I mean? Pretty chicks get luxuries that ugly ones don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, handsome men get luxuries that average fellas don't. Yes, It's just as simple as that, man. That's hey, life. Yeah, like Tyreek maybe-
2: Hill can get away with things that Kadarius Tony can't
3: get away with. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. AJ Brown can get away with things that Kadarius Tony cannot get away with. Devontae Smith yes. can get away with things that yep. Kadarius Tony. Uh, this is a classic case of out kicking your coverage. Think you know, thinking, you know, you know, and overest- he was that
2: way with the Giants, too. Overestimating he, your value. He's always been like that. Right. You know. All right. Uh let, let's uh, let's hit a couple others. Um, you remember Ben McAdoo? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he the with the porn stash, right? Yes, the awful mustache, the whole thing. The Eagles actually interviewed him for their head coaching gig at, at one point. When oh, wow. I know, <laughs> be thankful for those. Sometimes the ones that didn't happen. I don't I just,
3: trust anybody with the last name McAdoo. <laughs> <What's>,
2: okay, <laughs> um, he is now an assistant, an offensive assistant with the Patriots. So the the, the recycling bin has. Has, he he's resurfaced out of the recycling bin, and he's a uh, he's a patriot. Does he still have
3: son. that. you still have that stash.
2: He's trying to rock a goatee now. He's got the he's got, oh, he's got, he got the Hulk Hogan. He's got the connector now. You know, we're we're going we're going in now. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. All right. So now, okay.
2: All right. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, so Roger Goodell spoke yesterday, um, and he said the NFL has disciplined twenty-five league and team personnel, folks for gambling violations. Uh, They sent a memo out last week, to team employees reminding them of the league's gambling policies ahead of the Vegas trip. Uh, But Roger Goodell in his annual State of the League conference, uh, among the questions asked about gambling, he said he estimated the NFL has disciplined 13 players and 25 league and team staffers for violations. Um, Oh, hold on real quick,
3: stay there. So to me, I take that as, hold on, wait. Sure, players make their mistakes, but the reality is these people within these organizations, they have a hard time abiding by the rules. And if the people above me can't follow the rules, how can they they explain to me what the rule is in proper context? You got more people off the field getting caught up with gambling that shouldn't be than players. But we expect the players to be held to a higher standard. Come on now.
2: Yeah, I mean, part of it is the players can directly influence the outcome. Whereas the Joe Schmo in the in in the back office can't,
3: you know what I mean? Don't. In my opinion, it don't matter. Right. In my opinion, you, you all work for the team. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? And let's be honest, these guys that are betting their own teams. You think they're trying to lose? <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. I, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not rolling I'm not I'm not rolling with that man. It's just again, 25 staffers, 13 players.
2: I I think it's how, such how can as... I
3: expect players to you know live up to the standard when the people who are telling me to live up to the standard aren't even living to the standard.
2: Oh, oh! Listen, I, I think. Look, generally, this is an incredibly slippery slope for all sports. It really yes, is. yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, we have professional sports now in 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 the NHL in Vegas, um, in 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 the NFL in Vegas. The NBA is next. NBA is next, but baseball is next too. The A's are going there, right? We well, well I that. heard. They, I heard
3: they're getting a lot of opposition lately. I heard yeah, are that, getting... that,
2: that thing's – and they have to spend like three years playing you know, like in the, in the, in the sandlot next door to the, uh, you know, down the street from the, uh, rec center. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be a mess. But the, the, the fact that you have professional teams there, you're playing a super bowl there this year. It's just, you know, man, I I thought it was interesting. Mahomes had something really cool to say. He said, I told my teammates treat this as a business trip. If we win, I'll take you all to Vegas, but lay low this week. We, we, I, I need you to give me everything you got and not be out Twenty four seven party, just kind of interesting, you know, approach from. I, I wouldn't expect anything else from him. He's a, he's a smart guy and he gets it. But yeah. I wonder how many of his teammates are heeding that advice, or get, how many. Are I would loose. like to
3: think, because of his pedigree, and obviously the Andy Reid factor as well, I would like to think that that team is buttoned up. Yeah, I will. I would like to believe that. But Vegas is a very tricky city. Just when you thought you were followed, just when you thought you had it figured out, next thing you know. You wake up, married to somebody you didn't realize you married. You married him.
2: Hangover, <laughs> missing a tooth.
3: Yeah, All Mike Tyson's
2: you, in your in your room with a tiger. <laughs> a,
3: a, a, t- a tiger is locked in your bathroom. Like whatever. Like anything can happen in Vegas. Uh-huh. You feel me? It's it, actually this might be the premise of a great film, right? Uh, a team is a team makes it to the Super Bowl, and you know it follows three players on the team, N- not main players, but like maybe three
2: practice squad back,
3: guys or <laughs> practice squad guys right yeah. and uh they had you know they have a crazy night because they're like you know in their mind they're like we're not playing you know what i mean yeah you know we're gonna you know we're gonna have some fun and then they wake up and it's like where the hell are we and and, and they got and they gotta get to the super bowl yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what it's i mean
2: more, you're like oh my god it's, 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 it's yeah, whatever in in vegas time it's probably noon or something they gotta be there at one or yeah whatever right 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 well, and you know like, the old <laughs> stories this goes back to like It's either Super Bowl one, two, or three. I I think it's Super Bowl one. Packers are playing, and they had a wide receiver named Max McGee who was at the end of his career. He was at the end, right? Vince Lombardi had told him, "Like, you're probably not. You're probably good. You'll dress, but you're probably not playing in this game. Just, just. I don't want. I don't want you thinking anything different. Sorry. You've been a great Packer, but it ain't happening." So Max McGee goes out. I think they were in Los Angeles, right? Goes out mm-hmm. that night and gets after it, man. Just, just gets, you know, gets, gets crazy. It gets loosey goosey. He comes back. So he shows up. He's on time, but he is all banged up from the night before, right? By his own admission. Warm ups, he can't catch a ball. He feels like garbage. He's like, whatever. I'm not playing anyway. They just stand on the sideline, and clap. One of the receivers goes down. <laughs> Max McGee gets thrown into the game. And has the game of his life. What? Yes. He makes like a sick one-handed catch. If you go, I'm telling you, go back and watch the NFL films on it. He makes like a a ball that's thrown behind him. He freaking snags it out of the air with one hand. It should have been a pick six. He skates in for a touchdown. I think he had another one and had one of the all-time games. One of the all-time games. And it, it was totally, he had no idea whether he was going to play or not.
3: That is. Yeah. That-
2: but that's those, the movie. You do those, it. You can that's base it off of that. That's yeah. the
3: movie. You know, you're right. That's the movie. You know, it's... Look, Hollywood is so afraid to do anything original these days. So, I don't know, man. But that's... Anything... Whatever happens in Vegas, it, hopefully it stays in Vegas. But Vegas is just a slippery slope in general, man. No matter yeah. how buttoned up you think you are, the people... Sometimes it's not even you. Sometimes it's the people around you.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I'll tell you the other one. The And this is... This one's sad. Um... But I've talked to John Ritchie directly about this. John Ritchie, when when his Raiders team lost to the Bucks, that Bucks team that beat the Eagles to go to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, okay, that mm-hmm. year. Their center, Barrett Robbins, was a very good – he was an all-pro center. But he had real uh, mental health issues, he manic depressive, all this other stuff. They're in San Diego for the Super Bowl. He disappears Saturday. I don't know where he is. He rolls to, to Tijuana. And and you know you could only imagine what's going on there, right? He literally they couldn't find him. They played the Super Bowl without him, with a backup center what? because he went awol. Yeah, man. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and can you imagine like you're, you're his teammates. You you don't know anything. You don't know what's happening. With he just know. disappears. So yeah, it's sometimes weird stuff happens. You know, Super Bowl uh, leading up to this thing, and and now that you're there, and the problem too is. You're there all week. These I'm guys are you. it's it's not like you're most NFL trips. If you play Sunday, you fly out Saturday. You're yep. out one night. You get to have team dinner, you're in your hotel room. A lot of opportunity for
3: weird if stuff it, to happen. If it was up to me, I'll keep it 100 with you. If it was up to me, because like like Mahomes said, we can party afterwards. Yeah. If, if it was up to me, if I ain't if I ain't gotta be there, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sitting in my room, watching movies, playing video games, going over to go over the game plan, ordering room service. You know what I mean? I'm I'm taking it easy. I'm staying off my feet, all that kind of stuff. I'm not I I up.
2: agree with you. Like I I I'm not even hanging out. around
3: my family. I'm, I'm saying, listen, you guys go out and enjoy, enjoy, have some fun. You guys got a blank check, go have fun. Leave me alone.
2: Well, you know what I would do? I, here's what I would do. And again, I know some of this depends on team schedule. I would say to my family, my inner not my 38th cousin. You know, I'm talking right. about like my real you know tight family we'll have dinner one night. Like one night we'll go out. Well, not crazy, but we're going to go have a nice dinner and spend time together. The rest of this is a business trip and I'm viewing it as I can go crazy once this game ends. Okay. I'm going to, but I am locking it down and giving it everything I have in the game. If I lose, at least I know I gave it everything I had and I'll do whatever I feel like doing afterwards. But for, for this time, I'm I'm too locked in, man. I don't care where I am.
3: Imagine a live chat. Imagine Rob Ellis winning the Super Bowl, man. He's going, <laughs> he's, he's going bare chest with a fur coat.
2: You don't want that. You want fur coat, maybe. Yeah, covering it, but you don't trust me. <laughs> you don't want that, man. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I honest to God, man, that's what I would do. I would if I if I was lucky enough to win it, I do the parade, and then after the parade, I'm on an island somewhere. Man. Yeah,
3: I'm on an island, and I'm just. Like just, just yeah. take, just doing me. Uh,
2: That's all. I'm a
3: a simple, I'm I'm a simple guy in general, right? I'm the type of guy go to an island and just hang out on the beach and just relax all day.
2: Same way. I'm the same way. I'm very simple. My wife wants to do excursions. Some nice water, you know, like light blue, not the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. The Pacific, like, you know, the the, the Hawaii Ocean is amazing. Like, listen, my wife always wants to do excursions and wants to do activities. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, can I just be a beach bum? That's what I want to do.
2: Just I don't just, need I don't need to be sightseeing where I'm I'm, I'm walking 4000 miles a day. I don't I don't I, 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 I'm good. I don't.
3: I don't I don't yeah. care about listen. Maybe I'll do that the second time I go there. Yeah. But for the first time, I just want to be a beach bum. Listen, just keep the just keep the the beer and the french fries coming. Yes. That's yeah. all I care about. And I'll, and I'll even
2: I'll even get off the beach and go to the pool. I'm good yeah. there too. Yeah. I can I can handle that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but I'm not wearing any shoes. I'm not. I'm not putting on a shirt,
2: and I don't want to have to be anywhere at any. time. I'm going when I want to go. I, I'm exactly. gonna. I'll get there when I want to get there. Not, you know, I'm. I'm not checking a watch twenty four seven. Exactly, know?
3: man. So, like I said, just keep the keep the Coronas and, and, and the French fries coming. That's my diet: Coronas yeah. and French fries.
2: Yes, uh, and we'll figure everything else after. And
3: that. I'll figure everything else up.
2: I like it. I like it. All right, let's uh, let's hit it real quick, and we're going to come back. I, I want to dive into a couple things. Flyers are back in action. Tell you about an interesting baseball contract, uh, something the NBA is doing, which I, I think is cool, uh, and an update on another Sixer besides Joel Embiid. So we'll hit all those things when we return. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Right back.
5: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers.
3: Uh, I was trying to I'm trying sleep to sleep at the wheel, Gary. I'm always
2: trying to research, man. I'm always
3: sleep at the wheel, no man. Words. That's unlike you, my friend. What's going that's on? A, that's
2: that's like 10 push-ups I will do immediately after the show. My bad. Sorry, Frank. You're all
3: good, my friend. It's all love over here. It's hey. all love, man. You work uh, hard, my friend. You deserve a good 10 second layover.
2: <laughs> um, so the flyers are back. Liars are back in action tonight uh, against the Panthers. They've been off for 10 days. Um, it's been an eventful kind of day, or kind of 10 days for them with the Carter Hart stuff. Um, you know, and they, they were really struggling um, toward the end there. And we'll see if they can turn this thing around uh, starting tonight. I sort of feel like, Tone, that they're they're this is more of who they are. Like, I don't think they're going to be this quite as bad as they were right before the All-Star break. But I, I don't think you're going to see that team – that massively overachieved early in the season. I, I think they could still maybe sneak in and be a playoff team ultimately, but I think that the reality set in a little bit on them. And, and the other thing is, I don't know that Sam Urson is a is an every game number one, and he's going to have to be with with Carter Hart out of there.
3: Yeah, man, he's being thrown into the fire. Um, but I but I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I just think they're I just think they're a team right now that's they're going to be just over five hundred. Yep. And I think a team that's rebuilding um i i can roll with that you know Mm -hmm. we've seen teams who've been rebuilding for years even in the nba wherever and they can't even win 30 games you know so uh i'm rolling with the flyers still um i think i think they can still squeeze in maybe as an eighth or seventh seed it's entirely possible and like i and i'll keep i'll scream for the mountaintop like i always do you don't want to play that team in the first round it's true they're going to be gritty they're going to make you uncomfortable you know, they're going, they're going to make they're
2: well-coached
3: and they're well-coached and, well and you're going to have to play all three periods. You might have to play some overtime.
2: Yeah. 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 Well said. Well said. All right. Uh, this is for some of the older heads. Uh, Earl Keorton passed away over the weekend. Earl Keorton was on the 83 Sixers team. He was not a star by any stretch, but he was a good role player for them off the bench. He was sort of an undersized four five who played tough. He actually had a really big hook shot in the N- uh, nba championship in the finals over kareem he gave him a little bit of a taste of his own medicine with a sky oh. hook uh, went on to play for the pistons i believe he won a ring there too and then played over in europe for a while uh you know younger too young to be passing away you know guy in his in mid to mid to late 60s but anyway oh, wow. had, had a very good career um and and by all accounts i was a kid when he played here everybody who covered him raves about what a gentleman he was. So yeah, you know, rest in peace, Earl. Uh it's that's too bad. I, I was sad in this it stinks when you see guys that you watched growing up play pass away too young, man. Yeah, that's
3: how I feel about um because I'm a big movie guy. That's how I yeah. feel about like, you know, I'm not looking forward to the day we lose Sly and Arnold. Oh dude, I'm gonna be a disaster that day.
2: I'm gonna be, be, a, be forewarned if we're <laughs> we're here. I'm, I'm gonna be a mess. I'm
3: gonna be um that's gonna, that's gonna hit me like another guy, Samuel Denzel. Ooh. When those guys pass on, that's gonna be, Oof. that's gonna be hard for me to handle.
2: I know. If, if I'm being quite honest with you guys, yeah, yeah. It's you know the thing is too, you, you can really look at this with with rock musicians like Paul McCartney's in his 80s now, <laughs> Mick Jagger's in his 80s now. Right. Like, like you know, we're not gonna have these guys for a ton longer. Mm-hmm. we could go on. You know, there's, a, there's a lot. Stevie Wonder's no kid anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how much time we have left with them. So, if, you know, enjoy, enjoy the music. I saw Billy Joel just put out a new song for the first time in like 20 years, man. I, I would just tell people, man, enjoy them.
3: Absolutely, See, man. All life is, life is very fragile. You guys. Yep. And uh, you know, we should, we, you know, we should appreciate it and do as you know, do the best we can to be where our feet are. Yeah. You know, Yep. No, and is, if you or, could pull it off enough.
2: and you want to go see somebody who's coming to your, coming to your town, who are, who may, there may be up there a little bit, do it. Cause you may not get another chance Absolutely, so, uh, for what it's worth. All right. Uh, this was, I, I like that the NBA does this. They, they, they try things. I don't love everything. It doesn't mean everything's going to be a hit, whatever. Uh, they're going to be using led courts, not for the game itself, but for other festivities uh, during the all-star weekend. So they're just trying different looks for different things, which I think is going to be kind of cool. They're going to have it during the three-point contest and the dunk contest, uh, among other stuff. I guess is the,
3: the, the ball going to be glowing, the glow in the dark as well.
2: I don't know. I don't know how all of it's going to work, but <laughs> see Steph Curry launching a glow in the dark ball. I, I wouldn't mind that.
3: With the, with the you that. know with the hoop that glows as well. A yeah, glow, yeah, like, yeah, A neon orange hoop with like a <laughs> you know like a neon green ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? it would be pretty exciting, wouldn't it?
2: It would be kind of of cool. Uh, speaking of that, Tyrese Maxey's in the three-point shooting contest.
3: That's dope. That's dope. You know, now Maxey, you, you you can't step back. You got to pull up straight up. So
2: that's um, gonna be the hard. Isn't that Don't you think that's gonna be the hard thing for him?
3: He he loves it. <laughs> but I think it's gonna be cool, man. I love that I'm seeing the young up and coming stars participating again. Um, you know, we went through a stretch where it was kind of a bunch of, you know, rotational guys getting involved with a lot of these things, and now we're seeing. Um, you know, like like Donovan Mitchell is going to be in the three point contest as well. You know, we're seeing stars kind of leaning more into the events. I'm um, glad
2: to, yeah, uh,
3: yeah. You know, you, you, you got to bring you got to bring eyes back. You got to. So I think I think Jalen Brown is trying to get into the dunk contest right now, so
2: they need that bad. They need that. They, they you know, the three point shooting contest, it's different. I mean, it's it's your skill set, your shooting. I, I think people look at the dunk contest, and a it, it does take a lot out of you with your legs and whatnot, but. I also think that most most players view it as, man, everything's been done. Like, what what am I doing? At that's this a good point? point. It hasn't been done already, and I, it's a shame because you you what you end up getting is just, you know, a lot of like really young guys who people aren't that familiar with. You know, like Mac McClung, who wasn't even an NBA player. That was random. Won it last year, you know, and and that's it good. It's good for him, but I don't think it's good for the game. That you don't have the, the the stars involved,
3: right? You know, there was an era where you had Kobe, yeah, Spud Webb, oh, you had Dominique Wilkins, you had MJ, Jordan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like now, like Doc. like you like, like you said, I, look, like you're right. You're right. Only so much can be reinvented, but at the same time, if you bring the stars to it, people are going to watch it. Still, at the end of the day, people want to see their people want to see their favorite players doing cool things. Yeah, even if they're doing the same dunks we've seen years past, you can't reinvent the wheel, but if they can get people to show up and watch, people are going to watch.
2: Absolutely, hundred oh, percent. That's result.
3: that's really what's result about. People want to see their people want to see their favorite players do cool shit. I'm and one. No one wants to see backups, you know, doing dunk contests.
2: No, n- not at all. It, you know, and I'm one who I watch that stuff. I know everybody dumps on it, but I I do. I watch it. I watch the three point contest. I, I'll watch the dunk. I, I, you know, I'm I'm interested, man. Yeah.
3: It's, For it's disclosure, funny. I haven't really locked into an All Star weekend in a few years. Um, I'll channel surf and all, oh, you know, see a moment here and there, but haven't really locked into it in a long time. Cause I just felt like it's kind of been you no know, boring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. Believe me. I understand it completely. Uh, all right. Big story of the day. If you're, if you're just hopping on with us, actually there's two, one, the Eagles will, will play their season opener, which is considered a home game, um, in Brazil, and it will occur on a Friday night, which is, you know, very unique to say the least. I think it's the trend that's starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, into Sunday on, the, on week one, but we'll see. But it's September 6th. We don't know who the opponent is. You can count two out. Carolina and Jacksonville are already playing European games, so count them out. I This is just my gut. I don't know that we'll see them play a division game over there. So that would leave Cleveland, Atlanta, Green Bay, pittsburgh as your four choices it's
3: either either gonna be atlanta or green bay
2: i think it's atlanta green bay or cleveland
3: yeah i did green Green bay is a huge brand it might be atlanta or green bay probably more so atlanta
2: yeah and and, you know we kicked around how we felt about it i look frankly i'm i don't really care to grow the brand in europe however that sounds I'm, i'm sure it doesn't sound good whatever um i just worry about the eagles i worry about the toll would you say 14 hour flight or what, what did you say earlier yeah, it's like a
3: for me it's 15 and a half hours
2: all right so uh, you know obviously and they're not traveling coach like we would be jammed into some you know some seat where you can't move i understand that but these are gigantic human beings that have to be on a plane for for a very long period of time and i also get it's friday and you get two extra days but still you know one day saturday is going to be just travel um so i don't know how much of a, a the, the huge advantage it is but I just don't want to see them go through the same things they went through this year with a really, frankly, a crappy schedule. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, but then also to counter that they're pros, they got to roll with it. And, um, I'm just glad it's week one and not anywhere else.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is a major problem. If it's, if it's week seven, you know what I mean? Or whatever week 12.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, like I said, the first segment, it's, it is what it is, man. I'm not. I'm not too thrilled about it. You know, it is what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So all right, you know? there's that. That's that's the part one of the big story here. Uh, part two is Joel Embiid had his surgery today on the meniscus or, or procedure. They're they're very vague at the way that they were at the Sixers. So yeah, I, don't I, I don't know. Whatever you as if call it, it
3: means anything different. He got yeah. surgery.
2: Like they they're always listen. This is what PR
3: is a hell of a job, man. <laughs> And um, people do their best to try to spin things and make it seem less. Because you know what it is—they don't want to. It's all about money. And if Sixers fans don't have any optimism about Joel b situation, they're not going to go to these games. It's true. So Very I think it all—it always—it always comes back to the bottom line. How can we spin this to to maintain optimism within this organization?
2: Yeah, and I look, I I get it. It's business, right? And yeah. and, you're and and, and is that pessimistic?
3: And is that pessimistic? Sure, but it's the yeah. reality. Re- no. the, the, you know, sometimes, sometimes the reality can be a little daunting. Yeah. but it is what it is. You
2: no, know, you're right. Understand? Yeah, I, I think the tough the, the 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 tough thing is, and we also discussed this branch the, the branching off of this. Like, if you're the Sixers, what do you do here? You got two days until the trade deadline. I, I mean, do you, are you willing to give up one of those ones? Are you willing to take somebody on, who who has another, you know, more years after this, just to sort of do, be a stopgap to help Maxi, where he's not out there on an island? It, it's a tough call because, Tom. Let's face it, they're going to lose a lot more than they're going to win. Their their record without Embiid this year stinks, you know. And you lost another one last night where you were hanging around for a while, and then they just said, "We're we're stopping Maxi." Let anybody else beat us, right? And I, I think Daryl Morey's got a got a really tough decision to make here.
3: Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, sometimes the best move is no move at all, and I can't see any move that they can make that could change their fortune right now. Well, the right. only person that could change their fortune is John Embiid, and we already know what that situation is. So quite honestly, I wouldn't even – I'd much rather just sit on my hands. I'd much rather not do anything.
2: Yeah, I would too. Uh, that's the direction I would go. I would, I would, I, I would, Why? you know, why I would back it up hard for next year for, for the off season where I can, yep. I can really, and now the big question too, is have you had that discussion with Embiid and does Embiid believe that, you know, does he believe in the plan? I guess it, you know, it would be my question. And
3: well, he has no choice, but to believe in the plan he's hurt yeah. per usual. So yep. we've done it your way. Now let the medical professions do what theirs and just, and just roll with it. Get healthy, yep. my friend. It is what yep. it is. Get healthy
2: absolutely all right now the other thing that we hit off the top and i'll circle back to a couple of things i want to get to here is um travis kelsey last night asked if he expects to see his brother playing in brazil quote i think so then it was pause i don't know pause i'm not a betting man (laughs) pause i think he's got a lot of football left if he wants read between those lines my man's coming Travis, back.
3: Travis is funny, man. Kels is coming back. He's coming back. Jason is coming back, man. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He had way too much fun at that Pro Bowl. telling you.
2: Yeah. He's coming back. Yep. I think so, too. I think uh-huh. so, too. Uh, all right. So, a couple other things wanted to hit. Uh, Phillies pitchers and catchers are close. Baseball-wise, two things. Bobby Witt Jr., who was one of the most heralded prospects, two years a, 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 a God, four years ago, now I think it was he was the number two overall pick, uh, but he played his second major league baseball season last year, um, and and had a really good year. He looks like he's going to be the guy they thought he was going to be. But they so baseball has the whole arbitration process where you basically control a guy for like six seven years. They tore up his arbitration and gave him a a, a eleven year two hundred eighty eight million dollar deal. Ooh wee!
3: Yeah. How much is that a year?
2: Uh, to d- 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 280. I would say it's a, about it says 280 what? Uh, 280, 288 for 11 years. About, about 11, yeah, that's
3: 26 million a year. They they that that they actually got them for the low when you think about it, because yeah. the, a lot of those guys that his position get paid a lot of money, you know, 30, 35, 40, you know, it, it, it can get up there. So, yes, the fact that they got him at that number, I think I think they looked at it as this kid is only going to get better. Let's, let, let, let's, low. Yes. And, you know, let's, let's, let's buy and, you know, just throw a bunch of money at them, you know, show our commitment by tearing up the arbitration and say, look, man, we want you here. 11 years, 280 plus million. Here you go. In your pocket. Mm-hmm. What? 21, 22 years old. Yeah. I'll take that.
2: Same here. The, the, the Braves did the same thing with Ronald Acuna Jr. And it was very smart because what these guys would have, would have made once they got the arbitration to where the salary is going to be, then forget it, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually good business. When you mm-hmm. see the number, you're staggered, but then you realize what it what it's going to project out as time goes on.
3: Yep. And look, maybe later in the line, you say, look, you know, let's, let's let's throw you some more money on the top because things have been going great, you know, that kind of stuff. But right now they're in a good situation with that financially. That's a okay. very that's a very um do, doable contract. Yeah. And you know, by, by MLB standards.
2: Well, and he he he's protected himself in that. He has an out after the seventh year, the eighth year, the ninth year, and the tenth year. He can hey, opt
3: out. there we go right there.
2: there that, go that's right
3: there. that's a win-win. Well, I, I think it's a win-win for both sides. He gets Honestly. his money, he gets yeah. his flexibility, and also freedom on the back end. And the organization gets him at a number that works for them.
2: Yeah, no question. I, I, look, I think it's smart, uh, and they're also they're, they're looking to build a new stadium, and they there want him to be the, the the face of the stadium. You know, there we go. Well, I, that's what I also wonder too with this. You know, we, we haven't talked much about this. Frankly, it doesn't it doesn't move the needle a ton for me. But the Sixers are are looking to build a new arena downtown. Okay, um, in the in, in the we used to call it the Gallery. They call it the Fashion District now.
3: Right, right, right. right? So I grew, I grew up with it being called the Gallery as well. Same here.
2: That's that's all. We we're going to the Gallery. Like we all yep. know what that meant. Whatever. But it's, it's <laughs> everything's different now. But anyway, they're building an arena or trying to. They want to build an arena there. And if you don't have Joel Embiid, and I love Tyrese Maxey. I'm taking nothing away from Tyrese. You can't sell that. You, it's, it's a hard sell, man. So you, you need, that. like, you. that's why you got to kind of dance around some of this terminology yep. you're using here with Embiid. You know, I get it. You're not moving in there tomorrow. But if you want to sell people on this idea, you want to have a super superstar.
3: You can't. I I just think that logistically that would be a mess, and also what makes Philadelphia so special from a sports perspective is the complex. We have all the arenas, all the arenas and stadiums and fields right then and there. You got Xfinity Live right there. It's a, it's a, it's a party every night, damn near down there. And to just move them downtown, I just feel like that could that could be a parking nightmare uh, i think it's a, a
2: parking nightmare tone. a traffic I, nightmare well and you're also 82
3: games 42 41 home games that's going to be terrible
2: and i know this city. is you and i know this and i know it's some inside philly stuff that, that we're, not everybody who's from philadelphia understands this but you know logistically taking SEPTA late at night dude is not a, is not fun yeah right? downtown especially
3: is you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, i'm so not there, I'm, there's a lot going on there
3: yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm just not rolling with it at all. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. You know, you, you haven't even won championships to make us even feel good about that move. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it. okay, if the Eagles are after the Eagles won a Super Bowl, if if they said, yeah, you know, we want to kind of, you know, reinnovate and kind of expand, hey, do what you want. You want a Super Bowl. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you don't even got, you got the, you got some balls, Josh Harris. Let's be honest. You got, you, you, you got some balls on you to think the city's going to sign off on this. You know, you, you, your team hasn't delivered anything of substance over the past God knows how long. Come on now. Yeah,
2: I, I, right. And, that, and that's the other tough part, I think, for a lot of people is, hey, man, w- what what makes me think you're going to run this well when your team isn't run particularly well? Exactly. You know? I, I, all these things come into, into, into factor. And uh, there's always, and I get it too, there are people who live there and live in the Chinatown area who feel like they're going to get forced out. And I know you know the Sixers have provided you know explanations for everything, but I can't no, help but feel for those people, man. You know? I'm not wrong. I I'm 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 firmly against it. I like where everything is. I like where
3: I love the sports complex. I love it. You got the you got the Phillies, you got the Phillies right there across the way, then you got Lincoln Financial Field, then you got the Wells Fargo. Whenever I whenever I used to go down there for concerts or just Xfinity Live or whatever, I just love that atmosphere. Yeah, why well, take that from the city of Philadelphia? Like, not many cities have that feature where all yeah. the sports arenas and stadiums are in one cluster. That's yeah. a, that, that, that's what makes Philadelphia unique. That's what that that's what makes us the quintessential sports town. And to take that because you're you, whatever, whatever more money, whatever you <laughs> however you want to slice it, I'm 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 not jacking it. I'm not rolling with it, Rob, at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. It'll be it'll be a logistical just a logistical nightmare for my city. And I'm and and I'm I'm not rolling.
2: All right, let me let me go back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier um with the Eagles. And and we we kicked around we we did a comp with the NFC East and you know kind of where they fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we didn't do and we 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 did team rankings, but we didn't do roster. And the Eagles are a weird lot I think going into this offseason. Because I think you can make a real strong case for the offensive side. I really do. Like quarterback 2,000-yard receivers, I think they'll figure out running back. Offensive line still really strong, good tight end. But then you go to the other side, and you get past the defensive line, and it it is a real fall-off. So it really kind of brings the scales back Mm -hmm. as far as they're concerned, Um, which, you know, worries me, because your offense is going to have to be excellent this year.
3: Yep, yep. And on top of that, you know, the offensive depth isn't really there right now either. So. They have a lot of they have a lot of decisions to make. You know, uh they they gotta go into the draft and they gotta hit. And I mean they gotta knock it out the park, man. Every decision they make has to be the right one, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. If they want to think about being a contender going into next season, and that's a big if. You know, uh, you know, obviously I want I want the best for this team, but I'm trying to be as realistic and pragmatic about it as possible. They got a lot of work. Harry Roseman and his front office have a lot of work to do.
2: They do, and I, I just I don't know. It. The approach for them has to be, we got to clean some things up. Other things, we we just we understand we're going to be a little bit short, but we can't be as bad as we were last year. They got to fi- figure out what happened to the defensive line for sure, uh, and get that straight now because you definitely have talent there. Mm-hmm. But I would try and get one linebacker, one safety one corner and then live with what, what else I have. That's it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I I was talking to Sills about this uh, I think yesterday, and I said, honestly, I'm very willing to go through the growing pains of having a young defense. I'm that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to go young on defense and let those guys learn and grow on the job.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, that's that, that's firmly where I am. I know some people may say, ah, um, you know, is that sustainable? You know, you're going to need some kind of experience, and yeah, you're going to have some veterans on the team. I'm sure. not saying the whole I'm not saying the whole defense going to be rookies, but you're going to have some veterans sprinkled in there for sure. But mm-hmm. I'm 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 entirely okay with just washing our hands clean of this defense and just going young all across the board and having some veterans, you know, here and there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm I'm, v- I'm very comfortable with this defense. All of them being under the age of thirty,
2: but the, and that's the hard thing. Like you're hamstrung with certain guys. You know, I mean. Like, I think they are going to bite the bullet and get rid of uh, Bradbury, but you can't do much else in, in terms of guys w- with with dead cap mm-hmm. hits and all that other stuff. You're just stuck mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And you're going to have to live with it, unfortunately, because you made some mistakes, you know, and the, and the bills come due.
3: In yep. And Jalen Hurts always says it, man. When rent is due, man, you got to pay the Piper.
2: Right. It's And it's due. It's due on the defensive side. You paid some of it last year at the end of the season, but they're going to have mm-hmm. to get their act together uh, and get it right. Um, that's for sure. Yes but it's a, it's a rebuilding process to say the least. Um all right, so we'll continue we'll we'll uh, continue to keep an eye on the Super Bowl. And again, we talked about this yesterday tone. It's lacking juice, man. I I don't I don't have the feel for it. I, maybe I think Thursday. If I feel the same way Thursday, that's going to really say something. But I don't right now I'm not up for it. I think I'm too damaged by the way the Eagle season ended to get really excited. Oh, I'm not to say I'm not going to watch it, but to yeah, be yeah. really excited about it.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a fair point. Um, I feel you on that. Um, But like you said, we're all going to watch it. We're all going to be thrilled about the, the plays that are made. Like it's, you know, right now we're saying that. But once everything kicks off, I think we're all going to just lean real hard into the Super Bowl festivities.
2: And it's a good game. I think it is going to be a good yeah,
3: game. Yeah, a great matchup. Yeah, and yeah. it's a repeat matchup from, like, what, two years ago? Something like that, three yeah, years four, ago? Yeah,
2: four years ago, yeah. Four years ago, excuse me. So. All right, right. got to run. All right, uh, thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. Uh, you have Tone and Dan Silio with the National Football Show. Everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you guys the same time tomorrow. Thanks.
3: Later, you guys.